Battleline podcast. And uh, for the new listeners out there, you know what? I didn't even mention this to you, Chris. I switched up the description. Um, and I think it was maybe holding on to what I used sure. to do, where I would say that we were... Uh, I switched it on everything because I, I think it was maybe holding on to what we used to do, where I would say that it's interviews and inspiration with guys in the special operations community. And I feel like at this point, we really are more interviews and inspiration with guys in the mill community, not just special operations, because guys like Rob Frohlong are not special operations, but but also the Second Amendment community. And I think that that's really the gist of what we do. So the podcast is always evolving, but I think that that's, that's really what it is, inspiration with guys in the mill community, whether it's it, who served in the mill or support the mill or, or, um, you know, gold star family members like Renee Nickel we had on last week. And yeah. then guys in the second <laughs> amendment community, guys like Rob Furlong, who I would say are part of both of those communities like yeah. yourself. Now I, we're always have to change, dude. We have to change and we are, we're figuring ourselves out. I don't think we're ever going to get it exactly right as far because, because we do talk about all sorts of different things. So, you know, me, man, uh, and then yeah. for all you out there that uh, I'm so laid back, I just roll with this. Like, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Sounds good. Let's just tell but me what I time we, I got to be on. Yeah, I think we both have to like the idea of the guests. You know, I, I think it's important that we both like whoever's coming on. Well, and that, that we, that, we both feel like we're going to get some insight from them. Well, and that's the thing is, is you are. We are, we are as people, you know, I, there are tremendous stories out there, not just from the battlefield and people that have overcome adversity on the battlefield or if they've gotten hurt and coming home. But just from, you know, the people, just the type of people they are, they have overcome adversity before because they just, they have that drive. They have the drive that I'm not going to give up no matter what. And it, it does, even with the family members that, you know, you, you could talk to my wife, Tanya, she has that same drive. She ain't going to give up on anything. She's never served in the military. I think there's an attraction there that probably why, you know, military spouses are like they are. They, 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 uh, they have that same drive and that same ambition to be, be the best they can be as well. You know, Tanya, for you that don't know my wife, she was the, she was, she played division two volleyball at the University of Nebraska Omaha. She was player of the year, her junior year. I mean, that was, he was the best player in division two uh, college volleyball in the country, her junior year. And then she was rated the top player throughout her senior year. Then, then they kind of had a mess up in the tournament where they did win the championship and normally, but she still was an all American. So she was an all American almost every year, I think three or sophomore, junior can player of the year. And then her senior, obviously um, that I don't think that's a coincidence. That's why we're together. We had that same passion to be the best we can be. And she also, you know, now she's a tremendous, tremendous wife, tremendous mother. She's awesome. I mean, she damn near practically raised our, our 13 or 18 year old kids on her own because I was always gone. That, that, but believe me, man, for you guys that know that are at home with kids, I have a six year old. That's not easy work. And you know, when the, I hate when the, the status quo out there is uh, being a housewife's not that, not that big a deal or, you know, uh, women's liberation, everybody, women needs to work. Women needs to work. I tell you what, when I was home for a little bit and I, and my Tanya was doing her thing, whether she was coaching because she coached all that. And I was home with the kids. I couldn't wait to get back overseas. Cause like, Holy shit, this is hard. This is not easy. I have much respect for spouses, uh, you know, housewives and, and house. I don't know, we call them house husbands. Now. I don't know what you, the term is much respect for people that do that all day. That is hard ass work. It's hard. And it's, it's, it's very rewarding because I do it now when I'm home. I I, I want to, I, but it's not easy. And I, I really, I always took offense to it uh, for, I do, I still do. When 
when the, 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 the community out there says that being a, yet you have to find where, oh no, you're not anything in the community unless you have a job. Horseshit. If you're a, if you're raising a family on your own, you have a lot of that here in the Midwest, that is tough work. And I, I wouldn't trade you in a heartbeat because, and I'm, I, I've done it. I do it still. I have a six year old still. So uh, most, yeah. most respect to all you out there. So, but yeah, that's why we do this because hard work, never quit, never give up. Even when you're faced with obstacles, you overcome those obstacles. Yes. We all fail. You have stories of failure. We, every one of us has had a failure, but failing, not failure, but failing is just an opportunity. It's just a learning opportunity to become successful because when you hit that obstacle again, you know, you're not going to fail at it because you're not overcome it. That's, that's the, that's the show. And then we throw God in there too. And we do throw some gum, you know, but our theme is that way because that's the kind of people that we want on the show. It's, it's motivating people. It's inspirational people. It's people that have not always been successful and, but have overcome their fail failings to become successful. Uh, and that doesn't just mean by money. That means just in their lives themselves. So they have, they live a good life. And then we even brother, and you know, as good as I do, we even have some that are still trying to find that, that are, and there are there are guests we've had on that are that are still trying to find what they are. They're they're still overcoming adversity, but they haven't really found that yet of where that's going to be. And that to me is inspirational as well, because to me it shows that everybody struggles. Even Navy yeah. SEALs and Rangers and Special Forces guy, a Delta, we all struggle. We yeah. all have the same struggles. So. Yeah, and, and we have two incredible guests coming on this show. Usually we just have one guest on a show, but when we heard the news of the handgun ban in Canada, yeah. I said we have to get someone on for that. So who better than Rob Furlong, yeah. uh, record-breaking sniper, and also we have Rhett Taylor coming on from yeah. Ned. Um, <clears throat> we're going to we're gonna talk a little bit about Ned, but before we even do, I wanted to make sure that we mentioned two things real quickly. Um, I wanted to mention, because we've talked about this on the show, for those of you who saw Top Gun Maverick, great movie. Don't and, and spoil we were, it. I haven't seen it yet. Not spoiling anything. Don't I'm just saying it. the same post that you, you know, reposted. Yeah. We were pleasantly surprised to see that due to the public outcry, they did reinstate the Taiwan patch on Tom Cruise's jacket. And, you know, in this world of like symbolic gestures, it might seem like something small. But it's important because I think movie producers and movie makers for too long have said we have to appeal to the China market and it doesn't matter what we need to no. do to appeal to that China market. And they proved that they broke records this past weekend at the box office for Memorial Day weekend and they they listen to people, which doesn't happen often enough. And I don't know, man, the public outcry when I hear about it, I don't know if it's this show in particular. I don't know if it's many shows. Who knows? There could be someone at the studio who listened to this show and said, if we're going to make a pro-America movie, we have to do the right thing. So I just really quickly wanted to say kudos for that. And then really quickly also wanted to let you jump in here because I know that E3 Firearms, yeah. for the first time in a long time, you're going to be doing some major media outlets to get the word out there about what you're doing with E3. And it's important to you. And, and I think it's important for you to get the word out that that you're starting something new. And uh, a lot of these people are probably going to hear you on shows like Andrew Wilkow and Dana Lash. Haven't heard from you in about five years, and they're probably yeah. excited to hear from you. Yeah, I went dark uh, for a while, but it was good. I needed I needed that personally. And it, doing the 24-7 news cycle is not good. E, e and I both agree on that. But when you're in the middle of it all the time and you that's not what you want to do, it, it's even worse. It can drag you down, and I had to get away from it. But, yeah, um, doing the E3 farms, uh, you know, 
all I felt when I was out there, you know, doing training and I still do training, of course, with Battleline Tactical and Battleline Tactical will be part of E3 Farms, of course. But uh, it's just especially in today's society with with more so of, of gun laws and, and you see more crime out there. You know, gosh, what was it? I, I saw a video I, I, just recently of, of another New York subway. There was some crazy guy in New York subway pinning a woman down by her hair. It wouldn't let her go. And nobody yeah, stuff like this happens on the subway all the time. And it, but nobody, inter, you know, nobody intervened. And at least in the past, I would see at least people. I would inter, this was bad. I mean, this, I would see New Yorkers usually would intervene. Whether it was a, it usually wasn't a fist fight, but it was somebody walking up and hey man, and it was, it was normal, and you didn't see it this time. Well, anyway, what the E three Farms, why why the association and being a co-founder with E three Farms Association and me myself and Adam Painshot, who is a state trooper out in New Hampshire. Um, you know, we wanted to get more people in in that that are you know, I think that don't get in because they're intimidated. I think they don't get in because they see the brovet community, they see the alpha males, the Odo rules, the and I said, man, that's that's not firearms, and we're not getting new people in that need to get in, uh, that need to learn how to protect themselves. Whether you know, even if it's you're not carrying a gun, when you learn how to shoot, your confidence level just in your ability to defend yourself. Even with just these go up, it does. I've seen it. Um, and I want, we wanted to do that. I wanted to do that. I wanted to put something out there, an association and a membership that you're not just getting a typical farms class. Um, you know, if you're going to get one, you're going to get one like we did with the copper ticket, which was amazing. And it was very fun and enjoyable, but also, but we're getting it where we're, we're getting new members in that may not want to go down to the gun range because they feel ostracized or they feel uncomfortable. They feel like it's a good old boys club when you go in or you go to ranges where the instructors are complete arrogant assholes. Seen it. There are a lot of great instructors out there. Don't get me wrong. We had Chris Dutch Moyer. He's a tremendous instructor. Rob is a tremendous instructor. Um, good guys um, there, but there are many out there that, that they are intimidating for just the normal person or, Handgun purchases in the U.S. Honestly, they're up most with single mothers or with mothers. I'm not single, but with mothers, women. Well, they need you to use that gun and having a non-intimidating, uh, non-intrusive environment to come learn where people smile and laugh and have a good time. That's the best place to do it, and that's why we started E3 Farms Association. Um, it's part of E3 Association, which is under a bigger umbrella. They've been around for a long time. A lot of outdoor stuff they do. E3 Farms is just a part of that. But it's also getting outdoors for guys that do like to shoot. The ther therapy of being outdoors and shooting with people that like to shoot guns and like yeah. to smile and be happy. So I, I can't wait for it. I know we'll be pushing it a little bit. I know, uh, you know, um, uh, we'll have to be on some shows. We'll try to promote it out there when I know if I'm going to be on them. Um, but it really is. It's to bring new people into the community and making the Second Amendment still stronger because there's yeah. an attack on it right now, guys. And, and I don't want the politicians in dc to do what the politicians in canada are doing and take away your ability to defend yourself as we've also seen in texas and i'm not going to beat up the cops not but they're not always going to respond or they're not going to be yeah. able to respond you have to have the ability to defend yourself and your family but if you're going to do that and you're going to learn why not learn in an environment where you're going to see my smiling face all the time well, we're not going to beat you up if you if you i mean physically <laughs> metaphorically or yeah. literally you know, if you make a mistake we're, we're going to be out there 
laughing and teaching with you. And in terms of what you're saying with Canada, we're going to get in depth with that yeah. with Rob Furlong. So it's at E3 Association on Instagram. That's the best place to find, right? I don't know if, there, if you want to give the website at, at uh, yeah, E3 I, Association on that, Instagram. That's, that's great on Instagram. Honestly, the best place to see what E3 Association and even the farms is all about is go to E3Association.com or just search E3 Association. The first thing that pops up is the actual association. And if you're not interested in farms, they have, you know, we have camping, overland. We have uh, off-roading, uh, aviation, fishing. It's just, it's, 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 man, it's just a tremendous organization that offers memberships to, to, to be out in the great outdoors and be around people. And then also, of course, deals on products. That, that's huge. Yeah. You know, so check it out, guys. Yeah, E3 Association. Um, with that, uh, we're going to talk more in depth about Ned. So I, I'm going to make this one quick for you guys because we have read on. We're going to talk about it, about everything. But in terms of your daily ritual, Ned fits very much into my daily ritual. And for me, it's just the 300 milligram. That's that's the lower dosage. And that's one of the lower price point products. That's all I really need to take there. Mm-hmm. And if you're a first-time uh, subscriber with Ned or a first-time user with Ned, you're going to get 15% off through us. So these products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. Ned CBD is cold extracted from the world's purest USDA-certified organic hemp in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So they share third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their site. They have over 2,000 five-star reviews as well. So become the best version of yourself. And if you're new to Ned, you're going to get 15% off their products with code BATTLELINE. Go to helloned.com slash BATTLELINE or enter BATTLELINE at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash BATTLELINE to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring our show and offering our listeners a remedy for some of life's most common health issues. We're going to get way more in-depth with that with Rhett later on in the show. Also, of course, I'm currently drinking Bub's Naturals. I'm doing the, um, uh, yeah, right there in the back. I'm doing the collagen protein with the MCT oil. And to be honest, I wanted to restock the uh, collagen protein. I wasn't usually taking the MCT oil, but I actually regularly chop up coconuts which is a hard thing to do you got to get the hammer out and there's a lot of health benefits to, to ha- taking coconut yeah. so i realized it was an easier way to really get those benefits to to yeah. mix the collagen with the mct oil and it actually gives us it gives it a better taste so oh i'm gosh. sold on everything honestly yeah i can't believe you you haven't been doing that that is mct oil is is amazing in the coffee it tastes great it's i do it both with the collagen and then the mct oil and it is it's a great pre-workout Coconut oil gives you that extra oomph before you go work out. It, it does. And it doesn't have those terrible side effects of drinking a Red Bull or something may get that you want to go get like the heartburn. Yeah, man. MCT oil. Don't go cutting up coconuts. Take the MCT oil. <laughs> and you're right. It, it it tastes good. I think it tastes great. It is a good, yeah. It, for, for people who don't regularly eat coconuts, I mean, it's not like that artificial coconut flavor because yeah. it's real yeah. coconuts. Uh, yeah. So if you're not used to it, it might not be what you're used to. I like the taste of actual coconuts. So I'm into it. I'm actually just drinking this with water and uh, we recorded everything in advance. That's why I'm just about done with all this. But uh, yeah, it's just cold water, the MCT oil powder with the collagen protein. You really can't beat it for post-workout. And I did work out prior to doing the show. So that's why I had to take it. So bubsnaturals.com. Use the promo code BATTLELINE for 20% off. That's bubsnaturals.com. Promo code BATTLELINE for 20% off. 
From Omaha, Nebraska to New York City. From planet Earth to extraterrestrial life in space. A podcast with no equal. Engaged in unconventional warfare through your speakers and headphones. This is a show about embracing the suck, conquering your demons, and finding God in the face of adversity. Chris Tonto Peranto. Twitch is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. Ian Scotto. You know, Ian and I have been dating for a long time. You are now tuned into the Battle Line Podcast. For the second time on the podcast, the first time he was on, unfortunately, Chris was not here. But to me, I'm going to say it. I don't know if you would say it, Rob, but pretty much like a national hero of Canada. Rob Furlong, uh, retired Canadian Army sniper and as well as former police officer. And I do say that for those who don't know. And I think a lot of people do know your name. You are the man who broke the record previously held by Carlos Hathcock for the longest confirmed kill in combat at an amazing 2,430 meters or 2,657 yards. Um, And now, much like Chris, you're a firearms instructor. You run the Rob Furlong Marksmanship Academy. And uh, it was long overdue to have you on. But when I heard about this insane uh, handgun ban in Canada, I said, we have to have Rob on. So it's, it's an honor to have you back. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And again, just to touch on what you uh, caught me there, I'm flattered. Uh, huge team effort. Wasn't just me. I was just a guy who pulled the trigger. But uh, yeah, we're we're real happy of what we accomplished back then. And uh, yeah, you know, we in saying that we uh, broke Carlos's record. I mean, he was the godfather, and uh, what how he did it, and how we did it, and how guys continue to do it. We're all in different generations, different equipment. So uh, yeah, take away nothing from what Carlos did. Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I can't even see 200 meters anymore, dude. I don't know. I, I know you. I know we have scopes and all this other wazoo, but still, though, that's man, to even just see that far to, is amazing. That's why I never was a sniper. I think I'm the only guy. Now, you're legitimately a sniper, and you know as good as I do, everybody's a freaking sniper out there, except for the ones that aren't. Right? But, but everybody is. But I'm legitimately not a sniper at all because I can't see past my freaking front, front foot. So, uh, uh, but I uh, hats off to you, man. Uh, seriously, and you know, I was in country when you you were doing that stuff too. And and you know, when we heard about it, I was with the agency at the time. It was like, wow, that's fucking amazing. Yeah, every one of us. It was because I said I I can't even see that far on Halo or Call of Duty. We we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Jesus. How the hell is he even see? What did he have? Like a five hundred magnifications? I mean, it was just unbelievable. So, uh, brother, hats off to you. And um, you know, I, I'm honored to have you on i'm glad i got to come back on with you and really yeah with this canadian stuff i was talking to with the gut with the your prime minister or whatever he is banning handguns i i really wanted your perspective on this because you know being military i think we get a common sense perspective from a military person someone that's still a fire instructor and i know absolutely nothing about Canada, Canada and its politics. I just don't know how one person who used to be a kindergarten teacher can all of a sudden make a rule thinking that he, and again, if I'm a man, if, if I, we're completely on the different sides of the continuum, I doubt, uh, I doubt we are, but if we are, I still feel that way. I'm like, man, how the hell does this guy that has no idea really what farms are just make a blanket loss? Oh, man, 
please give us give us your input, man. That's why I, I wanted you on here for more than anything um, was just to I know you know what the hell you're doing and you also are in Canada. So it's perfect, bro. So tell me what, what's your feelings, bro? Well, you know, you have your personal feelings and then you have what's happening uh, globally and sure. politically with within Canada. So personally, I think um, an overreaction uh, based on what's happening around the world. Uh, more sure. specifically within the United States recently with the uh, unfortunate yeah. uh, shooting. Um, I think we have the first look at why they're doing this. And there is a movement within this country and, and so in the United States too as well oh, yeah. to, uh, to disarm. And the governments, I believe, and again, this is a lot of my personal feelings from what I understand, are following what the UN has wanted for a long while. And this is wow. this is no secret. This is nothing that you know I'm I'm thinking up on my own. You can look this up online. And the UN for a long while has had the interest for a disarmament of civilian populations. And the way that they were looking at it is, well, without firearms. Um, you know, we could have a more peaceful society. Um, and I mean, we don't have to go too far back in, uh, in our past to realize that's, that doesn't go hand in hand, disarming a population and thinking that you'll have no further violence. Um, it's, it's a, it's a rational thought by some people, but it doesn't turn into reality. No, it's a fantasy. It obviously it, it's a definite fantasy. It does. Yeah. the The problem we have, I believe, is a society problem, not so much a firearms problem. We have very sick individuals who are one hundred percent dealing with uh, mental health concerns yeah. and taking a tool uh, to carry out their acts of violence. Now, if you take away that tool, you've done nothing to address the, the core issue, which is the, the mental health. And, you know, I, I think this is that solution to appease the small populace, the portion of the population that want to see firearms taken away. And we have groups within Canada um, you know, both on the civilian side, there's a, there's an entity on the medical professional side that want to see firearms taken away. And, you know, we have had some mass shootings. We had the Polytechnique uh, tragedy, um, I believe, forgive me here the dates, but it, I believe it was in the 80s. And I feel for all those families, anybody who loses anybody in a violent act is extremely traumatic. And uh, I would never try to diminish anything that they're personally going through, but looking at it from, um, you know, not only an ex military member, but a law enforcement member, there's other issues that we have to look at. Um, putting a band aid on it and just getting rid of the firearms is not necessarily going to um, address the, the core issue. And that's um, high risk individuals within the community and mental health. And how do we do that? And I've, I've had this discussion with people in the past and they said, well, the firearms is the first step. Okay. Um, let's talk about that. Let's put that on the table. 
and let's take the firearms and put it in a jar and let's put it over to the end of the table. It's gone. There are no more firearms. The only people who own firearms are law enforcement and military personnel. So what are we left with? We're left with a disarmed populace uh, who are still dealing with mental health, addictions, uh, racism, uh, a whole bunch of other things that, you know, when acted upon results in these um, severe acts of violence. How do we address those? So if we can for a minute just try to not focus on the guns and focus on that, we fail in a society for a long while knowing that these things were present and never address them. And um, no matter what political party is in power, they're always under some pressure, either from the pro or the against firearms. And it's only on the table when something severe happens. And only then does the mental health and the, uh, the, the violent individuals come to the forefront. As soon as the discussion of guns happens, the mental health and, and the violent individuals, that goes away as well. And we never really truly ad address it. Um, in Canada, firearm violence is not an issue within the law-abiding uh, registered gun owner community. What we and, have... and truthfully, I was just going to jump in and say, truthfully, it's yes. not even the issue, even with the illegal guns that America has. I mean, Chris and I have, have said this is a cultural issue, but even though Canada has a similar issue, the truth is, and I, I couldn't tell you the reason why, Canada does not deal with the mass shootings that America does. I don't know why, but they don't. Well, I don't want to get too sidetracked because I want to cover up, but sure. I mean, no, and we're, we're, we're talking about a population smaller than the population of California. Sure, so sure. if yeah. we look at it at a percentage wise, we do have gun violence, but look at who's committing the gun violence. You know, we, we need to look at the core problem. Um, the gun violence that happens in Canada are often by individuals who are we'll call on the radar. And what I mean by that, <clears throat> we you know, it's not a an, an agency like the CIA or something that's watching that guy. It's your local law enforcement. It's okay. community members. It's friends. It's family. It's intimate partners. They're they're aware <clears throat> that something is wrong, and never truly act upon it. Now, family and intimate partners and so forth, there could be some issues like, you know, a fear of retaliation and so forth. Law enforcement, uh, I can speak to this because I've, I've worked there. We can be aware of somebody, but our hands are often tied behind our back because there's so much um, red tape is what I want to call it. There's um, privacy issues. There's even if there's information there, if we write a, a, an information to obtain, uh, whether it be a search warrant or, or whatever you have, we may not even get that sworn by a justice of peace or a judge because we may lack enough evidence. We may not have the whole piece of the pie. And it's, it's not because they don't want to. It's they're, they're often held back by bureaucracy. And that that has to change now. Could we stop all of them? No. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. There, there's the hidden guys out there who are dealing with some severe mental health and are 
thinking of ways to hurt other people and regardless of what you do they're going to carry it out now if we take guns away if you're dealing with a severely i want to call evil person who's thinking up these things like we just had happen unfortunately in the united states if he doesn't have a gun they will find other ways yeah um, you know i was speaking to ian yesterday when we we're talking about putting uh, this together and i said there there is a lot of ways out there to harm other people you know um you don't have to go into your local hunting store to pick up your uh your tool of choice um you can use poison you can use explosives i'm not trying to give ideas here but there there is a lot of other things that you can do as a mentally unstable evil person to inflict harm on others we saw that at the Boston Marathon. We've seen it in numerous other places where firearms Nick weren't Bay, Oklahoma City. Yeah, those firearms weren't available to those people. They struggled to obtain firearms. There's been proof that they tried to obtain firearms in, in certain incidents, and they reverted to other tools. We don't, we don't have a problem with healthy, law-abiding, everyday citizens going out and committing acts of violence. And why that is, is that they follow the rule of law. If you have a, an everyday Joe who's a registered gun owner, who follows the word of, of uh, law, um, he doesn't do something. When he becomes upset, when he becomes um, you know, distraught about something, his first reaction is not to go grab his firearm and deal with an issue. Yeah. It's, you know, um, the normal steps of communication or involving law enforcement or so forth. But let's say he does get to the point where he, he thinks about that. Maybe I need to involve myself uh, in the situation with a firearm. What often holds people back is, if they're a good law-abiding person, is the threat of penalty, the, the threat of incarceration, which opens the door right now to a, a huge issue that we have in this country. You know, at one time, there was severe punishment in Canada if you committed, you know, any gross bodily harm or death to, to somebody. And that's no longer the case in Canada. Uh, in the last <clears throat> four years, and this is coming directly from um, people within our corrections uh, community, the push from our government down to our <clears throat> our member of parliament to the wardens in the prisons is get them out, rehabilitate, reassimilate, get these people back in the community. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. They are a little raw, but I think this is a raw topic right now. Sure. Yeah, it's the same thing um, we're seeing in New York City, L.A. So, yeah. What, what yeah. So. You know, <clears throat> this past year, we had a mother and her newborn child in their apartment, and the husband goes to work. When the husband goes to work, a uh, known violent criminal, uh, don't quote me on this, I think he may have been a, a registered sex offender, but I can't, I can't recall that right now, who was out on probation, so he is... He's in this system of rehabilitate, reassimilate, and reintegrate into the populace. He walks across the hallway 
and kills the mother and infant in their apartment. Now, not only was there a violent criminal living in an apartment building, which is completely absurd, who had just been released from prison, um, nobody was made aware that he was in the building. Wow. <clears throat> now, if there was somebody with a large gun collection, I'm, I'm sure that somebody would have known where he was. Uh, not to get off topic, but not only did the people in the building not know that he was present in that dwelling, but you also had a report from the law enforcement that they were unaware of his residence at the time. So how is it that you could have such a violent criminal? This has nothing to do with handguns. This has nothing to do with any sort of firearm. This is a violent act that was done without the use of a weapon and committed on innocent people. But how could you imagine that we don't have a tracking system? We don't have somewhere to um, manage these people. These people should not be in our society. This is the problem that we're having. We're becoming comfortable with allowing violent criminals to remain in our society. This is a mistake it's a mistake that we're going to learn the hard way that we are learning currently. And we're going to lose more innocent people. We're going to lose more moms, more dads, more kids. This is going to continue. You can take the firearms away. Remember, we put them in a bottle. It's, uh, it's not uh, a factor here. And this is still going to continue. Um, until we are honest with ourselves and try to come up with some real life solutions and deterrents that are going to make these individuals, even if they are released from prison, um, they're going to think twice about their actions. We should 100%, and I've had this conversation with many of my friends and other individuals within the law enforcement community, we need to bring back very, very strict sentences around the use of weapons, whether that be a knife, uh, a bat, a hammer, or a firearm. <clears throat> if you commit gross bodily harm or death to an individual, then you're done. It's it's life in prison. You know, a lot of a lot of guys you hear the conversation too is, you know, why don't we have the death penalty for people who've committed these severe acts against innocent people and uh you know you get the argument for and against and and i'm not going to argue that right now but why is that so taboo to talk about when we're we're dealing with these types of, of violence like real evil acts of violence like we just had um i don't know why but i'm hence the guess that it's because we've become so politically correct and such a soft society <clears throat> that we don't even want to talk about it. We don't want to address the elephant in the room and it's easier just to put a bandaid on it, uh, have the appearance of that we're, we're doing something. And, and in fact, we're, uh, we're only taking away a tool. That's all we're doing here. And left holding the bag is a lot of great Canadians uh, who are ex-military, current military, ex-law enforcement, current law enforcement, law-abiding citizens, hunters, enthusiasts, sports individuals, competition, people who um, really promote um, um, 
what we'll say, responsible firearm ownership. They're left holding the bag right now. They're losing a lot. Not only are they losing property and rights to their property, they're also losing passion. They're, this A lot of people, including myself, have put a lot of time, effort, dedication, careers uh, into firearms and, and firearm sports. And it's real sad to see that we're losing it because of sick, demented, uh, evil individuals who are a very small percentage. Um, I, I guess in, in, in long form, guys, that's, that's my personal opinion on things. And I just think we're, we're not seeing the forest for the trees. The, the solutions to end this isn't necessarily taking your firearms away. It's dealing with the core problem. And I haven't heard anybody talk about any of that. If anything, we're seeing a loosening and reduction in punishment for people committing crimes with firearms. So um, well, that's, I, I that's, don't know what the answer is. I, and that's where I guess my, I've got three questions and I want to make sure because I, I do want your, your opinions on them. Um, but but yeah, you're, you're right. It's always it's 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 always the the push of political agendas in the name of protection of people, and that's never the case, man. Uh, you know, especially with terrible politicians. And I and I I really you know I don't know I don't live in Canada, but I really don't think highly of of your PM at all. But uh, that's my first question leading in, brother. How? Are there no, and I don't know how the system works. Forgive my ignorance for all you poli sci people out there, for everybody that knows government. I don't. I, I, I try not to get into too much. But how is there no checks and balances? How is there nothing to stop the Trudeau, I don't even want to call him PM, the Trudeau to, to, to just implement something like this? And it is, it's a knee jerk. And it is, but it's also a political knee jerk. And it's also handguns. You know, handguns had nothing to do with with what happened in Texas. It had nothing to do with it. So to me, it was just again an agenda. Well, our agenda is to really get everybody out, guns out of Canada, which you know that. Uh, it's obviously why you're talking about it. But is there is there any checks and balances? Is there anything you can do? Is there anything in a parliament or or any other politicians they can do to say whoa wait a second you know, like we have it here in america we have a checks and balances we have the con we have congress that can say no president you're out of the line and vice versa and that can even go to the ju judiciary is 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 there nothing that you can do is there nothing that canadians can do to stop this at all just to well, say nope we're not doing this no we're no way well yes we not exactly like how the U.S. government is set up to pass bills, but how Canada works is a sitting government uh, with a majority government. And right now, even though uh, our liberal government doesn't have a majority government, they have the support of a secondary party called the NDP who are standing with them on this bill. And if they, um, if they agree, they can push it through the House of Commons. So their first step is to bring the bill forward, which they have. So this is what they've launched so far isn't really law. It's a bill. Okay. So okay. the bill will be uh, argued in the House of Commons, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that will pass with the support of the uh, NDP government. Um, once that happens, then it will go through our Senate. So like your guy's house. And then it will be voted upon and, and debated, or sorry, debated and voted upon. Now, 
if the majority of the Senate uh, are liberal leaning, then of course the bill will go through. What you're seeing right now is because of the climate. Um, it's a hot topic, and sure. there is a, a lot of pressure on the government and uh, and the politicians to get rid of handguns, get rid of semi-autos, and this is uh, this is slowly ripping off the bandaid, a, a death by a thousand cuts, if you will. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So we've we've been going through this now for quite some time with the sitting government and it started with the carbines so a list as you guys were aware last year come out and they were a bunch of firearms whether they were classified as restricted or non-restricted um, they were now made prohibited overnight and and it got pushed through and you know the writing was on the wall the, the appetite for that had been there for a long while i don't think there was any firearms owner that was real surprised to see that brought forward um then there was talks of a handgun ban and the handgun ban was going to be um, passed down to the provinces uh, even down to the municipal level like a city level to make the laws themselves if they want to allow firearms within their borders and of course as you guys have heard the last couple of days uh, yeah. they kind of bypassed that and then just made this new uh, blanket bill um, this to me <coughs> excuse me this to me feels more like uh, the UN agenda for um, disarmament rather than a Canadian public safety uh, sort of position did again the, I'm the, not, did, does, did the Canadians know this as much if, if they knew this would they be a because I know in America, if, if anything UN related came into the U.S., like the UN is pushing this, we would push way back hard. Are the Canadians just okay with the UN influencing their laws? And, and and I know this is a hot topic right now, but you know, like you said, it's it's once it's in, and you know as good as I do working in countries overseas, once a law or, or a rule is in, no matter who's in charge, it's hard to reverse that thing. Yeah, do they correct. not understand that 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 when the UN is involved, nothing good has ever come from my opinion as from the UN, and they're influencing yeah. things they have they have no business influencing. And do people not know this, and or are they just saying, oh, you know what, fuck it, we're going to accept it. Yeah, we're just going to take it. You're going to take it in the ass, screw it, we're done. Is the that thing, is, the thing about the United States and you know the foresight of your forefathers, seeing this being a topic at some point in the future um, is pretty amazing for them to write the way they did in the constitution um, is the reason why America has the grounds to push back on any sort of action against firearms. Whereas in Canada, we don't have any such um, law in place to kind of protect our, our property rights. Now, if you want to look at our, um, Charter of Rights and Freedoms, that's there. Uh, that's very soft. It's been rewritten. Uh, it could be rewritten with the stroke of a pen. It's it's not a constitution. Um, okay. If my, my thing for, for you guys is fight tooth and nail because you have something to fight for. In Canada, we don't have that. So we're held to the um, the sitting government and okay. how they feel about firearms 
And we're in a position right now with the current government where there is an appetite for disarmament. And that's the that's the political climate we're in. That's the situation that we're living through right now. And uh, to be honest, other than writing an email and calling your ombudsman or your member of parliament, there's very little that can be done right now. Because once you have enough people supporting a bill and pushing it through to make it law at the government level, it doesn't matter what the uh, masses think. And I, and I do believe that this is a minority that's, that's wanting this. I truly believe uh, people will say, how, well, how do you know that? Well, I don't. There hasn't been anybody mail out a bill to every Canadian citizen that we can send back and, and have a, an actual true majority vote on it. Um, this is just the actions of a government, um, I think, supporting the min uh, minority and uh, taking away people's property, which I, I think is a huge loss because it's a slippery slope. Chris, you've been to places in the world when, when you start to lose rights and, and yeah. you end up in very bad position. Right now it's firearms and let's take the firearms away. They're gone. What happens tomorrow when, okay, we're not having mass shootings, we're not having, um, you know, a gang problem or whatever, but all of a sudden we're starting to notice, man, a lot of our kids are getting killed on ATVs. Have anybody noticed that? And all of a sudden we got um, uh, an interest from the population. You know what? Let's get rid of ATVs. Nobody really needs an ATV. We have horses and you know what? Nobody should, we got an Nobody overweight should, yeah. problem too. Everybody should be walking. So let's just get rid of ATVs. Okay. And you know what? While we're at it, nobody needs a high powered motorcycle. You give me one reason why you need anything over 450 cc's. Speed limits in Canada max out at 110 kilometers. 450 cc's will give you the passing power you need. And that's all. More people will die in this country due to speed related accidents than any firearms. So now are we yeah, going to go same, same with this country? Same, same with here. Power and, you know, yeah. so I, I, a real, a real uh, childish argument. And I've, I've heard yeah. it before. And I'm only and, bringing, but, bringing up to, to um, touch on it because it's a, an argument I've heard before. But I'm trying to just make an example of once you start to be comfortable yeah. with government seizing and taking away property now you've now you've you've started on a very slippery slope i, I don't mean to i just want to point out one thing because it totally relates to what you're saying and we don't really get that political on this show it's just not what we do but the, the i have to bring it up because other people have brought it up i mean just this past week we saw speaker pelosi's husband arrested for a dui way more people losing their lives due to people getting drunk behind the wheel than due to firearms. And these are the people who are going to pass the laws in, in the name of safety. But anyway, back to what you were saying. No, you know, you're, you're spot on. It's, 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 and Rob, it's a domino effect. And you, we both have seen that domino effect and you lose, you keep losing. And when you put an insecure person in it, in charge and they find that they have some power, this is what it continues to be. They continue to take things away because all of a sudden they believe they know best and they know better than anybody else, even though they really haven't done anything as far as common sense in their lives, except maybe sit in a political position, which is obviously not common sense. We've seen that by many politicians, but you're spot on. 
I mean, yeah, if you're going to take one thing away, then, hey, well, you know, there's more deaths from driving. Let's take cars away. Hey, there's more deaths from smoking. When are we going to stop that? Hey, there's more deaths from heart attacks and heart disease. When are we going to take all the McDonald's and everything? I mean, it, it, that's that's the silliness. And it's not I shouldn't even say silly. And I know you said so, it's not a silly argument. It's spot on. If we really it, it, care, it, it, then let's OK, let's start looking at all these things that we still do and we're OK with that cause a lot more deaths out there. Fentanyl, let's fit in the US, which we're given teaching kits how to take fentanyl because it's gonna be accepted now because heroin's okay. We're doing that in the US, how many deaths do we have from drug overdoses? But, but we're okay with that's, that, so I, I get you. That's a great a great point that you just made, Chris, because we're seeing, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I'm just repeating the word here, sure. an epidemic here in, yeah. in this country, a real epidemic. Um, with overdoses and fentanyl. Yeah, here so too. I worked drugs and gangs for numerous years. Um, even the appetite in the courts to have these big, expensive court cases to prosecute high-level organized crime is not there anymore. They don't even yeah. want to do that anymore. Yeah. It's costly. The chances of conviction come up. Oh, well, I don't want to lose this major case. It'll affect me as a prosecutor and my reputation. There's all kinds of underlying issues that I believe if this Canadian citizens, if all this was is brought forward and it was transparent to everybody, they'd be extremely upset. Um, but you know what? One of the things I wanted to do on this, on this uh, program was let's do something different because the arguments we're having now, I've heard – yeah, you're right. Every time I listen to anything related in, in gun control uh, on any show, any news broadcasting, any podcast, anywhere. But you know what we never hear is what what would you do to fix this problem? How do we get rid of mass shootings? How do we get rid of uh, gang crime? How do we get rid of intimate partner uh, um, assaults and murders and that's what nobody ever talks about. And, and we don't put the pressure on our government now is, okay, you're taking away the firearms to, to get rid of the violence. Okay. If you're doing that attached to this, I also want to see the steps brought in. I want to see another bill followed up with this as to how, if this is a public safety concern, which is what we're being told, I want something else added to this as a Canadian citizen. If you're going to take away the guns, I want to see severe punishment increases for violent crimes, not just firearms, violent crimes, assault, bodily harm, death. I want to see maximum sentence. We just had an individual who created, who, who conducted a, um, I want to call it a, a mass shooting, an active shooter, unfortunately, at a mosque in, uh, in Quebec, I believe it was. Don't quote me on that. But uh, he was supposed to be given 75 years or whatever it is, you know, consecutive sentences. Now, he was just granted the chance of parole after 25 years. So how is it that a sitting government can talk about public safety and wanting to disarm a populace, but at the other side of the mouth be wanting to lessen the punishments for these extremely dangerous individuals and re like rehabilitate and reassimilate them into the public. I don't worry in Canada, guys, 
I walk everywhere. I'm in a major city in Canada. I walk everywhere. I don't fear anything. Yeah, is there parts of town that you want to be leery of? I think every town has that. You know, you're probably going to be asked for your pocket change or your wallet or your phone. But I don't worry about being shot. I don't worry about being stabbed. Anybody who tells you that, uh, you know, I think would be blowing out of proportion. But what I do worry about when I go out or my kids go out or my wife goes to work, I'm worried about an impaired driver. I'm extremely worried about high drivers now because we have a, a big problem with people yeah. smoking dope and, uh, and, and driving and operating vehicles. Those are things that I worry about. I worry about violent uh, sex offenders and violent criminals being out. I'm fully aware. I worked in, um, in Edmonton and I've seen what type of individuals are walking the street that are capable of maybe it's not going to be murder, but they'll smash your face in. Yeah. So, why why is that not in a bill if you're so worried about my public safety and the public safety of canadian citizens can i please also attach to your bill have some have some real punishment something with teeth there to make a criminal go oh shit man you know what i'm out on probation that's that's one strike if i hurt somebody right now or commit a secondary crime i'm going for the rest of my life. No yeah. three strike rule. None of this, you know, I'm all about giving somebody a second chance if they are out. And as a kid, they're caught at 16 years old and they're selling dope or something like that. Most often these younger kids are influenced by older shitheads. Yeah. Um, I'm all about protecting our youth. But if you are a 40 year old male and you have 60 to 70 different criminal charges, and now you've made it past, guys. I know you're laughing, but <laughs> no, I've, I've I've gone through the guys' rap sheets before. Like they are literally guys with a lot more than that. It's and a now, laugh of it's a laugh of disgust, Rob. More than anything, it, it's not, it is. Yeah. But, like, and I know it's it's unbelievable. And I just feel people are not aware of it. But there are criminals, and as yeah. they come up through the system, they just become harder and harder and more violent and more yeah. vile and ignorant because they have nothing else to lose. What is one more charge to my other 65 charges? They exactly. don't care. I'm going back to prison. I'll go in and hang out with my buddies for another little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'll eat good. I'll work out in the gym. Nobody yeah. can say anything because in Canada, the punishment is going to prison. You're not allowed to punish them once they're in prison. They're not allowed to. You can't put coveralls on them anymore. they got to be allowed to wear their own clothing. It cost the Canadian taxpayers in Canada, on average, $120,000 a year to house and feed and take care and look after an inmate, $120,000. I know that we see the same thing, because I was going to say with New York, the same thing with these rap sheets. There was a rise in anti-Asian violence, and then you looked at the people perpetrating these acts of violence, and it was the same thing. They've been to jail, as you said, 50 times, 60 times. And we're, why, why are they not still in jail? The, I'm wrapping this up just because I do, we do have to get to Rhett, who we promised we were going to get to at a certain point. But I wanted to ask you one last question really quick, just to be clear on this. Um, so our friend Corey from Coat of Arms uh, TV, who we know you from, uh, shout yeah. out to Corey, of course. I saw that great he guys. posted something. Great guys. And, yeah. and I saw that he posted something about Trudeau. You know, a meme that was like, 
when you try to ban handguns, but you you end up like selling the most handguns in, in history of Canada. So I just wanted to make sure of the clarity of this. So as of right now, can Canadians buy handguns? Is it going to be like a certain amount of time till this is, you know goes through completely? So as as of today, yes, you can still purchase a handgun in Canada, to my understanding. And I'm sure and there's lines out the door. Yeah, and I, because this is so fresh, I've I read a little, but I still it is not it's not very transparent. For my understanding, as a registered uh, firearms owner, if you hold a handgun, you can still use it. You can go to the range. There's very strict rules in Canada about the use of firearm. Anyway, you can only travel to your range and back. It has storage regulations. Uh, there's a whole bunch of rules. Like in Canada, you can't just carry your, your firearm around your vehicle. That's a, that's a chargeable criminal offense. So um, there hasn't been a whole lot of information um, released in terms of what's going to happen down the road. I don't have a good feeling. I think this may be just step one. Um, you know, remember I said death by a thousand cuts. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just yeah. see that, you know, maybe they're waiting to for this the people to die off and then guns will be turned in and destroyed in the future and so forth. I have a, a really bad feeling that in the future it'll be also uh, confiscation and you'll have to turn in your firearms, much like what's coming for the uh, for the um, semi automatic carbine sure. platforms that they've they've prohibited. So yeah, yeah if people, I, I if people don't fight back. Control. I was just going to say, if people don't fight back, I, I think it's coming to America as well, because we currently have the same type of administration that has the same ideas. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off. As I said, we do have to get to Rhett Taylor, though. Yeah, Rob, but, I'd, I'd like to have you back on again, because I even got some more questions, man. And just 100%, I like your, really? I, I like and, your insight, man. You're, you're And you're a lot more well-spoken. You're a lot better well-spoken than I am with your, than both your of grasp, grasp of the English language very well better than me. I tell you what. <laughs> but, but hey, yeah, bro, I, I, I really, I mean, I want to talk to you about social media and its influence, because I do, honestly, the 24-7 media and social media, I, I, I look at that as, as also a variable that is yeah. increasing because it now can sensationalize. You got pe these these kids thinking that they're the joker out there because yeah. you can actually push all these things. The Buffalo, well, well shit, the Buffalo shooting, they coordinated on social media. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, we're not addressing that either. And, and the social media, the Zuckerbergs of the world are completely silent as well. And they shouldn't be. They have just as big, if not a bigger hand in this than then the firearms community and then the 24 seven news cycle. Yeah. We'll, we'll continue with this yeah. at a certain point. I, I, and I hate to, you know, no, that's why you're, we, we got to get to right though, man. because we've, we've, we've rescheduled him several times. So we, we got to get to him, but I do want to of course mention you could follow Rob on social media. Yeah. It's not Rob particularly. It's really Rob's marksmanship Academy. So it's at R R F M a underscore official at R F M a underscore official which is Rob Furlong's Marksmanship Academy, rfma.ca, rfma.ca. And we'll, we'll do this again sometime, Rob. This was awesome. And, and I do yeah, think I echo wow. with what Chris said. You have great insight on, on all of this.
And if you want to have a shoot, brother, I, we want to push you, dude. We definitely want because you know, obviously know how to fucking shoot. <laughs> There's no question. <laughs> you know what? I just have a lot of great it. instructors. That that's the secret. <laughs> as we get as we get older, I say we get older. Let's get the young fire breathers that I used to be that I don't want to be anymore. Roger, out there. Roger, but hey, buddy, hats off to you again. You you are a legend, man, uh, in the community, in the special ops community, especially. Um, God bless you, brother. And, and yeah, no, we're having you back on, man. This was this was awesome. You, you're amazing, bro. Thanks, guys, and uh, look forward to it. Talk to you real soon. Thanks, right, Rob. Be safe, man. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Rob Furlong. Loved having Rob on. I think he offered some great insight into into everything going on in Canada. And Although, look, I know some of the answers were kind of long-winded, but I think the fact that he's more focused on solutions as opposed yeah. to yelling about, I think we would bring a lot of people on and they would just be yelling about Trudeau. And I don't think that really solves anything. I think he, he offered a lot of insight. Um, no, he, so did, before, he, did a, he did a good job. Really good job. Excellent job. Yeah. And before we get to our second half of the show with Rhett from Ned, which we're very excited for, uh, we want to talk about firearms and we want to talk about the best ammo company on the planet. And that's none other than Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it will be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states. Just go to fortscottmunitions.com. Link is right there in the description, Fort Scott, M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. And in every state, you're going to find a dealer. You just type yeah. in your uh, your zip code and you're going to get it right there. So use the exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off any of their merch, only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. FortScottMunitions.com, promo code Battleline for 15% off. And while we're talking ammo, we got to talk night vision. The greatest night vision out there yeah. is Photonist Defense. They're really the leaders out there. And that's why I have people hitting me up on Instagram who are part of Border Patrol. They're looking to get involved. And I think they're they're getting involved with the best company out there, the most reputable company that works with real Navy SEALs, Marines like Phil Otto at the company. So Photonist Defense, right? Phil was a Marine and contractor. Oh, I mean, Phil sure was a Marine right. and he, no, he was, and he was a GRS yeah. contractor with the agency and a great, great guy. And you're, you're right. And brother, keep going. You're, you're, you're killing it. <laughs> I love, I love it. Yeah, so they, they do a great job. Photonist Defense is the global leader in night vision solutions, yeah. providing more high-quality night vision capabilities than anyone. Hunters, shooters, boaters, and outdoor enthusiasts rely on Photonist Defense systems to make their adventures safer and more successful. Military, law enforcement, and public safety end users utilize Photonist Defense solutions to give them the edge at night in tactical yeah. situations and rescue operations. Photonist Defense is now offering state-of-the-art night vision systems, 
from the PD Pro B 16 millimeter binocular and the PD Pro M 16 millimeter monocular to the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Customers from all over are excited about these new, smaller, lighter NVGs. You've got to see these things to really experience how much smaller and lighter they are than anything you've used previously. Visit photonistdefense.com, P-H-O-T-O-N-I-S, defense.com, photonistdefense.com for more information or look for Photonist Defense product options from your night vision dealer. We got we got the uh, interview with Rhett uh, right here. So I don't know if you have anything else you want to add. Uh, Dog, just, get over just, just, just you, you supervisors and the I, that's cool. The border patrol, the Bortec team. Hey guys, you're doing your team a disservice if you're not giving them the best equipment to come home alive. And, and Photonis, as far as night vision goes, they're the best out there by far. So leaders, get on the horn to Photonis and get your guys the best night vision. That so so they come home at night. And if that isn't enough to sell you on it, then I, I don't know what is. That's it. Well said, man. So joining us, long time in the making, first time on the podcast is Rhett Taylor, co-founder of NED, a guy that we've really been in touch with now since almost the origin of this podcast, basically going on two and a half years. And uh, to give some background on Rhett, I mean, we're going to get into CBD, we're going to get into alternative medicine, but Rhett co-founded NED with Adrian Zimmerman. And Rhett basically discovered CBD years before it became this popular thing on the market, and it was because of your mother who was diagnosed with cancer and she decided not to go uh, with chemo or not to go with this radiation. And you wanted to really get involved with what alternative remedies are out there. And then you started to learn more and more about CBD, wanted to start your own company, but wanted to make sure it was American made the right farms. And then you hooked up with a farmer in Peonia, Colorado, as we all know, and and history has been made. and, And I could say for Chris and myself, I was skeptical of CBD uh, ah. At first, and now it's become a daily part of my life. Really, yeah. thanks to you guys. Yeah, buddy. Thanks, Rhett. You're, you're the man. I tell you what, I, I know that's a great intro, and I'm a cut, cut off because I, I want to make sure that I get this out there. Brother, your stuff, and I suffer. I'm an inflammatory bowel disease sufferer, been for years, and bro, it has completely, completely wiped that off. It, it's, it's, it's been the inflammation in my joints is gone. You know, I, I just had a scope. I get a scope every two years. Love getting the colonoscopies every two years. And it's completely in remission. It is. It's completely in remission, right? I had nothing. There were no remnants anywhere of me having my ulcerative colitis. So, and and the body butter, dude, my old butt, I still think I can do my 30-year-old things out there running seven months. Man, and I just saw today, I got the text today that you're actually doing another topical analgesic. That that with the anti-inflammatory, so I'm definitely hooking myself up with that. So, just personally, I wanted to say thank you because you, you your product has given me again a, a, another lease on life that I'm able to be healthy again. So, man, thank you, brother. And from Western Colorado, I mean, come, on, I can't. That's home. That's <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, you, well, thank you so much. Hey, of course, and and thank you guys. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Ian, and and. You know, yeah, we've been with you guys since I think before you started the podcast. We um, we we started working with you yeah. very early on. It's just been a a beautiful relationship ever since. And you know, listen to all your shows and hear all the spots for Ned. And man, I don't know if there's anything I can say that uh, about Ned that you guys haven't already said and that your listeners don't already know. But um, <laughs> would love to get into it and just you know really appreciate you guys when. Um, 
when Adrian and I first started the business, we, we said to ourselves, we want to be the type of business that shows, not tells. Show, don't tell. And, um, but it's important. It's important to be able to tell. And, and that's why we're, you know, one of the reasons why we're so grateful to you guys who, who tell for us. So thank you guys. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think just oh, to get right. into Thanks, everything, yeah, what, what would you uh, say yeah. is, uh, besides what I mentioned, you know, quickly in the intro, what is your origin story? Uh, how, did, how did this all come about? And, and uh, what got you interested in, in alternative medicine beyond, you know, what I spoke of earlier? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's a couple of two paths for me. Um, but uh, you mentioned my mom. My mom had breast cancer back in 2014. They were very fortunate and they caught it very early. Um, and she was in a position where she could make the decision to forego chemo and radiation. She decided she would, which felt, uh, you know, really brave for me, but also scared the hell out of me because I thought... <laughs> Man, mom, I want you to do everything you possibly can to stay healthy and stay yeah. alive. And um, she said, nope, I've made the decision. And uh, I said, all right, then I'm going to go learn everything I can about battling cancer through nutrition. Because I knew she knew very little about that. And um, and I started, you know, I'm here in Boulder, Colorado. I'm surrounded by health experts of all stripes, yeah. um, you know, from the doctors to the shaman yeah. and everybody in between. Yeah. And uh, but one of the things that kept coming up over and over among every sector of, of those experts was uh, cannabinoid CBD, and, um, and I started buying CBD for my mom, and and uh, I started. I, she was a, a professor at the time, living over in Dubai, um, and I was sending oh, her wow. CBD illegally. You know, it was yeah. I was going to say, can you can you yeah. do that? You can't send that stuff over to Muslim countries, brother. No, <laughs> no, you not cannot. Yeah, yeah okay. no, you I'm sorry. I was like, and, "Whoa, you sent it to Dubai, and you're not in it, and your mom's not in a Dubai prison right now. How'd that happen?" Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, it was it was that important, and uh, and it was also expensive to send it over there. And you know, yeah. at the time, yeah. I was just buying CBD, kind of anything I could get my hands on. And this was, you know, again, 2014, 15. This was really early on, and um, and I did that for two years, and I just never built up any sort of affinity or loyalty for any of the brands that were out there. I had all these questions. You know, I was really learning more and more about natural remedies, uh, everything outside of CBD as well. But I was asking hemp companies, you know, what is it about your, your company? What, what are you guys doing? Where do you grow your hemp? Who's your farmer? How do you extract? What are you in this for? What's your purpose? What's your mission? And I wasn't getting the answers I was looking for. And... Um, and then in 2017, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go out and learn more about this. I'm going to go talk to hemp farmers. I love driving country roads. I love meeting farmers. I love talking to people. And, um, and I had some, some free weekends, and I, I hit those country roads. And, and, and I was meeting the farmers that were working for the big guys, and, and they came highly recommended. Mm -hmm. You know, they were nice people, and they grew great alfalfa and great corn. But – Mm -hmm. They were growing their hemp the same way they were growing their alfalfa. And that was for quantity yeah. and not for quality. And they were telling yeah. me about how cheap they, their prices were. And, you know, and, and I was looking for somebody who was, who was growing for quality. I wanted somebody who was, you know, had, had one acre going, not 1,000. And it was doing everything yeah. by hand. And finally, I kept hearing about this one farmer in Paonia on the western slope of Colorado. Beautiful. God's yeah. country. And, yeah. uh, Chris, I know it's uh, close to your heart. 
Yeah, and, yeah, uh, Del- Delta. I grew up in Delta on the farm, man. That's that's, and my family's still in Grand Junction, so yeah, it's still gorgeous out there, bro. Wonderful place. It is gorgeous and and just wonderful people and great farmlands mm-hmm. and you know, Paonia is yeah. is a, a bountiful place. It's it's been, uh, you know, um, there's vineyards there, there's orchards there, some of the best peaches. I mean, the Japanese peaches. will come and buy a peach for you know, yeah. buy one peach for a hundred bucks, and. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a special place, and finally connected with this farmer, and he was growing all about quality. He uh, he was vortex in the water. He was creating his own uh, soil amendments, and he was playing reggae and binaural beats to his plants, and I mean just the whole nine yards. And uh, so I knew he was our guy, <laughs> and uh, it really started with him, and it started with great quality ingredients, and then also with people. And you know if if you know Ned, you know our farmer Jonathan. Uh, you know his family, you know his dog, you, you know where he is. In fact, the GPS coordinates of his farm are on every bottle uh, of our hemp okay, products. Cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. so it really started there. And, and honestly, it was just going to be a side hustle. Uh, it was I wanted to make my own batch for my mom. I started using it myself. I was an endurance, endurance athlete. Yeah. Sorry. And uh, – <laughs> endurance ass yeah it's a good way to put it <laughs> that's me I, i'm an endurance ass my wife will yeah. tell you that all the time definitely it's just the, I, ne- I never stop shutting up and being a jackass that's my, my trait that's what i got so i'm, I'm with i'm with you there right? i got you brother <laughs> so yeah that's that's kind of the origin story but it was also about a deeper reason for me too which is um i'm a firm believer that as a society we have gotten far too disconnected from nature and natural processes and we're far better far more able to thrive when we're connected with nature when we're doing according to nature and so um, you know wanting to see an alternative to pharmaceuticals wanting to see people understand where their products came from understand who they came from where they came from and so that's uh that's really kind of the underlying meaning for me and the purpose for me for Ned. Um, it goes, you know, it started with my mom's cancer, but it was really uh, something deeply rooted in me, which is my my love for nature and and the the healing that I've found through nature. Well, it's, it's spiritual almost. I mean, I, in my opinion, that's why I, that's why I like running trails. It's I, I'm a spiritual mm-hmm. runner. I, I'll hit the road and the pavement and it sucks. And then I'll get on a trail and it's like, I can run forever and never, yeah. but uh, that's how it is. And that's, the, that's the importance of it. Uh, and, you know, for me being a veteran, um, you know, I had a lot of us and the main reason I got on Ned, it wasn't for the inflammation of the joints or anything, or the also colitis. It was to get off the antidepressants, antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs that we have as veterans. And then, of course, all the wonderful side effects that I got, not only just getting off the actual pharmaceutical drugs, which are, I mean, you're all over the place, just up and down, up and down. Ned, I'm finally leveled out. I I know Mm -hmm. you have a big uh, heart for veterans, um, you know, but I I don't, I know, I don't, and forgive me, I don't don't think any of y'all ever served. Where did that come from? And and that's one of the reasons why, you know, of course, we want you to be part of this and part of Battleland because of. I'm a veteran and I want people, I want my buddies to stop committing suicide. I want my buddies yeah. to get off pharmaceuticals and not go down that road like I did. Um, yeah. and, and granted I came out the other end, but what, what was your, what was your relationship and, and what 
with the veteran community and actually finding us out. I mean, really, really, and and deciding to come with us. Um, Yeah. I'd like a lot of our veterans to hear that story and how you support them because you do immensely. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's been a long road, but um, I would say that let me, let me start with Josh Jesperson. Josh, uh, I believe was a, was a guest on your podcast. He, you, you know what uh, happened? We we recorded like a whole thing, and and it was just like a lot of technical he, issues. And it, I I did get to speak with Josh though, and I know Josh was a Navy SEAL. Yeah, yeah. Well, Josh is an amazing I, guy. I, 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 we'll forgive him for being a SEAL. That's the, the range of talking. <laughs> ah, that's all right. I, I'll forgive him. No, I no, I I knew of Josh within the communities, and he's a tremendous athlete. Yeah, so that's that. It no outstanding, outstanding guy. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. We keep cutting you off, Rick. My bad, buddy. Go ahead. No, no problem. I love it. Uh, so yeah, so I met Josh um, probably back in 2015 or so, and Josh had just um, s- snowboarded, splitboarded, so basically climbed up every one of the 14ers in Colorado. There's 56 of them, and then snowboarded down them all in one winter. And this is a massive feat. I mean, this has only been done once yeah. and never again. Uh, on a snowboard. It's been done on skis, I think twice, but, uh, but Josh took that upon himself after leaving the seals. And uh, it was his way of, of finding the therapy that he needed. Um, and yeah. so uh, Ned, we, I heard about this. I said, man, that is just so badass and so cool. And we got to sponsor this guy. Cause he was just dirt bag to the nth degree, you know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he bought a $900 van and, he was, you know, duct tape on every single thing. And I said, let's get this guy some help. And, uh, and then we sponsored a book that he created and, and just learned a lot about Josh. And, and he had also been taking, you know, just buddies, other SEALs, um, other, other uh, veterans of, of, all, uh, of all the branches uh, out into nature for healing. And he was sick of seeing his buddies committing suicide. He was sick of seeing his buddies on all types of medication. And he also had heard about a little program that happened right here in Boulder, Colorado, where um, a climber started taking veterans uh, rock climbing on the, on the first flat iron, which is a, it's a, it's, it's not a very difficult climb, but it'll definitely, it's, it's got some pucker factor for sure. And, uh, and, uh, and he found that those veterans were able to, uh, get off a lot of their medication. And if, you know, very similar to uh, the surfing that's happening and, and a lot of these programs that are going on in, in the outdoors. And so I was, I love talking with Josh about this. I was really um, encouraging him for a couple of years to, to formalize it, start a group, start an organization. Um, I think he had some other folks in his ear about it and he finally did. And he created veterans outdoor advocacy group, um, which I'm a very proud founding board member of. And I just love our mission. It is, uh, and, you know, honestly, that is in the, in the last five, six years or so, that's when I really um, became much closer with the veteran community. Before then, uh, I had always considered serving, but I had never done it. And, um, and there's a bit of a guilt factor there. So um, my, I, I, I really love uh, supporting veterans through Vogue. Um, supporting veterans through Ned and really anything I can do. And then, uh, you know, when your show, the opportunity to, to, to sponsor your show came up, I said, well, 
there's another great way to do it. Let's let's go for it. I appreciate it. And I appreciate I know I know well, I know Josh has a potty mouth like I do too, but I still want to apologize to you. I know I'm throw I throw them F ball. I the ranger comes out of me every once in a while. I just can't <laughs> stop it. Man. I, just, I try. But you know, I, and that being said, I, I have been just overwhelmed with with not only the product, but how you've grown too from where we used to get an email every once in a while to now you're great at getting a daily newsletter, which, which helps. And then I see Josh's story, which you push your story out on the emails every once in a while as well. Um, for the future, you know, you got more stuff, more products coming out and specifically for veterans, what does net have in the future just for everybody, but also I'm interested just in, for me as a veteran myself, what, what do you have coming online and are you going to do more things uh, through Vogue to help, help veterans and you're in Colorado, but do you get out of Colorado? Do you do other things throughout the United States? And if you do, where, where can they find you, man? Cause I'm a big proponent of getting outside as well. That is extremely therapeutic, especially for guys that are, are and guys is a gender neutral term. Again, guys, I always say that on the show is a gender neutral term on our battle. Life podcast. So guys and girls, men and women, yeah. but getting outside veterans is extremely important for, to be for therapy. But if you're doing that, where can they find you? Because I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I really wish yeah. everybody did, but you know, as far as they, they don't, but I do want them to know. Yeah. Well, right now is a great time to find Vogue because um, we're doing what's what we're calling 31 for 31. And it's uh, 31 expeditions outdoors with a, uh, either a Vogue instructor or um a mountain instructor who's associated with Vogue or a fly fisherman, a surfer, et cetera, et cetera. 31 uh, adventures. And that's 31, uh, the number 31, because that's the number of American servicemen who uh, perished in the helicopter crash uh, in Afghanistan. Um, and so I believe we, uh, we still have a, at least 15, maybe even 20 of those uh, to go. And so, um, we're always looking for veterans to sign up. And for me, I can't believe it's not like, you know, sign up at midnight and it's done at midnight. Oh one, you know? So, yeah. um, but, uh, we're looking for other veterans to, to go outdoors, have a good time. Um, and literally, you know, leave their troubles behind. And, and I believe you're talking about the, uh, I could be right. wrong. Are you talking about the extortion 17 crash? Is that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's extortion 17. Yeah, that I think a lot of our audience uh, knows about. I mean, that's that's a crazy thing in history that that happened, and and the amount of guys, as you said, who who have lost their lives. Um, and and I do love what you guys do. It's funny, Chris and I will sometimes joke that I feel like Ned is like the least bro vet company that sponsors us, or sometimes like, do we do we fit in with what you guys do? But I think you guys do stuff that that appeals to like such a broad audience that it's like veterans who get involved, artists, independent artists, people who are into alternative medicine even some of the crazier alternative medicine out there like in my view the people who like to try on ayahuasca and, and mushrooms yeah. but but this is a part of their their you know everyday daily life and it's become a part of my everyday daily life because of the fact that at, at first i wasn't really sure what the effects of cbd were and for me just that 300 milligram dose that's all i need i'm not looking to do anything that's going to do other than anything really other than calm me help me get a great night's sleep um, but for people who are into the, I guess you would say more extreme things, I had a question for you. Um, I wasn't speaking with you guys at Ned. I was speaking to someone else in the CBD community 
And I know in the past couple of years, there's been the popularity of that Delta 8 CBD, which actually does get you high, which is unlike what you guys do. And I have no interest in trying it. I'm not looking to get high. But when I go to South Florida, for example, I'm seeing more and more Delta 8, Delta 8. And I'd like to hear your perspective on this. The other person I spoke to, and it was, like I said, from another CBD company, said that a lot of that Delta 8 stuff is uh, made in China. It's not reputable. It's not something you want to take. Would that be true? Yeah, that's that's very true. It's it's also honestly true of a lot of the CBD industry. Um, CBD, wow. you know, a lot of the companies are just looking to buy it as cheaply as they can. They have no idea who their farmer is, um, and neither do their customers. And a lot of CBD comes from China, uh, especially isolate. Isolate would be when it's extracted down into one isolated cannabinoid. CBD is is the most famous one. Uh, THC is another cannabinoid. CBN, CBG, CBC, et cetera, et cetera. There's over 120 of them. Um, but a lot of that isolate is coming from China, and that's being purchased for just bottom dollar. Companies looking to just to to get the cheapest they can, obviously to boost their bottom line and, and their gross margin. So. Um, you know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not exclusive to Delta Eight. Delta Eight, though, is um, it's not something. Honestly, I'm I know much about. Um, you know, I know the the basics. I know the, everything there is about uh, cannabinoids, but Delta Eight is not something we're interested in. Um, I see it a bit as sort of a stopgap in places for where legal marijuana use. It has not yet come online yet, like Florida, um, or fully rec- recreational marijuana use. Um, but I also see it as, um, you know, the the way we do it, you know, working directly with one farmer, uh, and then a, doing a cold ethanol extraction, which is the purest, cleanest type of extraction, which is also the most expensive because it's the most time-consuming and uses the most uh, uh, resources to to extract it, but, um, you know, we would just, we wouldn't use an isolate. Um, so it's, it's just never fit into our, our business, business code. And, um, and honestly, that's why I don't know a ton about Delta eight. Well, you, you guys have ethics. I mean, that's when you first came on, that was the biggest thing for me is your ethics. And I always see that with the company the company. You're right. Not mass producing. They must have some ethics here. Let's 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 work with them because that mm-hmm. and it shows a lot in your products. For people that may be trying that, I know you say you don't know much about the Delta Eight, but the other variants that are out there, especially ones from China, there aren't, in my opinion, I don't know of any any dangerous side effects using Ned. I haven't had any bad side effects at all. All my side effects have been good <laughs> as far as the <laughs> anti-inflammation that I didn't expect. But can you warn, is there something, or, or would you mind if you can warn people if they want to go that route? We're not pushing, I know you're not pushing net. I will push net. I, I will push <laughs> that all day. But um, but what is what is the dangers that, that are out there if you decide to go with a, a cheaper brand or a brand that isn't regulated or something you are getting from China that obviously isn't regulated as well as stuff that we have in Paonia from a single farmer in a small area that you have complete control of what's, what's the dangers, what are the side effects? And, and, and cause that's important. I don't get to get people to, to not take those things is, is they know if they're going to have something growing out of their forehead you know, <laughs> in a couple of weeks. It's like, Whoa, hold on, hold on. So can, yeah. can you explain that at all? And, and I, I, I would love to know uh, cause I don't know much about 
the other companies out there because I've never had to deal with them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, as far as, uh, as far as side effects go, they're, they're really, like you said, the side effects are typically beneficial, right? Um, you sleep better, you're less, yeah. uh, less depressed, less anxious, et cetera, et cetera. Those yeah. are the side effects. There's no, you know, um, long list of things that they're, uh, rolling off at you after the end of the, the pharmaceutical commercial with uh, leaky yeah. stool and all <laughs> yeah, that. <with> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you can take this, but you may die if you do, but that's a, it's right. a real click right at the bottom. I was, I was, laugh, I was yeah. kind of laugh at those things, but yeah, that, yeah, you're spot on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's, it's a plant, uh, even, even isolate is, um, you know, not going to be bad for you. It's just going to be, um, you know, you, you, you're probably not getting your money's worth on a lot of these products. Um, you're not going to feel the same effects. You don't want an isolate because you really want the full entourage effect and that's all the cannabinoids. So if we think about those cannabinoids as different constituents, different compounds of the hemp plant, uh, you really want them all. It's like, it's like a rock band, right? You got the lead singer and he's the yeah. famous guy. He gets all the girls and, and, um, and that's CBD, but without the drummer and the bassist and the, the lightning guy and the, the merch gal, you know, it's, it doesn't all come together. So yeah, that's yeah. what you want. You want that full spectrum. Now for anybody whose job depends on passing a drug test, you want to be careful because, uh, our product is full spectrum and we which means that we have all of the cannabinoids, including a tiny trace amount of, of THC. So we have less than 0.2% THC, less than 0.2. Now, if you wanted to get high, you would want at least 10%, oftentimes more like 20%. So we're, you know, a, a very small fraction of that. And you will not get high using, uh, using our product unless you take just an absurd amount. Um, but, uh, but if your job depends on passing a drug test, we we straight up tell you, please, yeah. you know, don't use our product. But, you know, I mean, the chances of, of, of failing a drug test after using our product is very, very small. But even if it's that, even as small as it is, you know, I don't want that on my conscience. I'd rather you, sure. you use either an isolate or better yet, a, um, a broad spectrum. CBD product, a broad spectrum hemp product. Broad spectrum means that there's no THC. Full spectrum means that there is THC. Isolate means that there's only one compound, and it's usually CBD or CBG. Yeah, the, the thing that's um, you know, just been important for me, as I said, is is a great night's sleep, remembering my dreams, and and that's how you know that this is working. And and it's like you're not getting high. But you almost feel like you're you're on a cloud at a certain point. I guess that's the only way I can describe it. You you definitely do feel a difference. And um, the the thing that I I think people need to realize, whether you're on the 300 milligram or if you go up in dosage, it's going to be a subtle effect. I, I think any you most of the time I would say any yeah. supplement that's going to have like major major impacts right away, and that's how they're advertising it. 
it's probably bullshit because it's just not yeah. the way supplements work for the most part. And that's why I'm always skeptical of a lot of supplements. And whether it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually drinking Bubs Naturals right now, the collagen with the uh, MCT oil, or whether it's what you guys do. We get emails all the time and you've seen them from, from veterans saying, I no longer have joint pain. I no longer have mm-hmm. you know knee pain or back pain. But the important thing that I think people realize, because on the other end of that, I sometimes see it when Chris advertises for Bubs, or I sometimes even see it with Ned, where someone tried it one time and they'll go, this yeah. stuff doesn't work. If you're looking <laughs> right. for for like a miracle, that's not what it's advertised as. It's something that you need to have as a part of your daily regimen, and you're going to see some subtle effects that are really going to yeah. change your life. Yeah, no, that's really well said, Ian. And, uh, you know, we say consistency is key. Without consistency, you know, the first time you take our product, you probably can expect to sleep better, but you shouldn't expect your inflammation to go down, your depression, yeah, your anxiety. Yeah. And um, and then, you know, the other thing is it's not a silver bullet. If you're, uh, yeah. you know, if you're stressed out at work and you're drinking six cups of coffee and then slamming six beers and eating like shit, like you're yeah. shoveling, you're shoveling in a blizzard, right? So it's, it's just... Uh, it's not a silver bullet. Consistency is key. It is a supplement. It is natural. It's not a shot of tequila. You know, um, you're not going to feel it immediately. Although, you know, the, the product you mentioned, Chris, at the top of the show, uh, our relief bomb, which just launched today. Um, today, that yeah, one, I got it, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that one. You're gonna you're gonna feel that right away because that's a, a topical analgesic, and we added menthol and camphor for that, like icy hot feeling. So, you know, I, I used, um, I used tiger bomb as an endurance ass for a long time. I, I used that for a long, <laughs> when I was in the Rangers, that's what I used that little tiger. Yeah. Bomb. Yep. I know exactly little tiger what you're bomb. talking about. And, yep. and then, uh, and then a couple of years ago, I looked at the label and I was like, Oh shit. You know, I've been, been poisoning myself. It's petroleum jelly, a ton of chemicals and what anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not good for you. Anything you put on your skin is going to go right into your, your body, in, right into your bloodstream. It's, your skin is just like a mouth. And um, so I talked to our formulator and botanist, and I said, um, can you reverse engineer Tiger Balm to use only organic ingredients and make it even better? And she's like, probably. That's so cool. <laughs> and she did. I, I'm not going to lie. I've used Tiger Bomb as well. So this totally appeals yeah. to me. I get a lot of neck pain and, and it's still recurrent at times. So this, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm sold. Oh, yeah. So you, uh, you know, it's, and it's different from all our products, right? Because it, you will feel it within five or six minutes. You feel that like icy tingling sure. sensation. Um, while you're feeling that, it's also working. There's 500 milligrams of, of full spectrum cannabinoids in there. Um, there's a ton of great botanicals, great for the body, great for inflammation, and you got that like immediate feeling. So uh, it's a it's a new kind of product for us, and I love it. I've been using it now for a year. We've I've had uh, the samples for over a year, and you've been holding now for a year, dude. You've been holding yeah. now for a year. Okay, we've been waiting for the right time to launch it, and now's the time. So, <laughs> hey, what what is the difference? Because I use the body butter, and it works well, and actually. I, I've had a lot of success stories, people that have written me, especially th- those that are getting a little up there in age with arthritis. It says, yeah. oh my gosh, I put the body butter on and now I can move my fingers. So is the difference just that the body butter, I'm, I don't know. I can feel it right away when I put it on. I, yeah. I can. I, maybe I'm paying attention to it. Um, it. It does definitely help when I have severe inflammation of my knees or and, and uh, 
but yeah, so what's the difference then? Is it yeah. mainly the menthol and the cooling sensation, or is there actually it's a different makeup of of, uh, of cannabinoids of CBD that that are in there? Uh, no, it's the same level of CBD, so 500 milligrams in the body okay. butter and in the relief bomb. But it's also, um, yeah, it's the menthol camphor. It's that like okay. relieving pain, you know, right sensation. There. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. So, and it's uh, it's a great product. I really love it. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited about it now too, and, and to be honest, I didn't know about it until we started talking. So, that you gotta, are you not signing up for the text? No, I, I, the I do get a lot of emails. I don't know about the text. I, I I do get the emails. I haven't seen that yet, so I'm 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 stoked for it. I wanted to yeah. ask you something totally unrelated to CBD, totally unrelated to uh, full spectrum hemp. I just thought it'd be interesting to know. I mean, you are a guy who loves nature. You talk about the healing effects of nature, the reason that you chose Payonia, Colorado. You're a guy who's visited different countries. I'm wondering, like, what's on the bucket list next for where you want to visit? What do you want to see? And 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 then who do you want to go with? Oh, man. Yeah, good question. So um, two weeks ago, I was asked by a buddy of mine, Bart Foster, who started something called Business Outside here in Boulder, Colorado to help him facilitate a group of 55 CEOs that flew in from all over the country to, um, to do business outside. And, uh, and it was awesome, man. I've got goosebumps now thinking about it, but these, these guys and gals came in from all over the country, just ready to, to get after it. And, um, and it was, you know, all different walks of life, um, all different types of businesses. And we got them outdoors and, we started, you know, working with that connection with nature to become more focused and creative and start to worry less about shit. And, uh, and I led a, uh, a Wim Hof cold plunge in the Boulder Creek and, oh, you know, wait, there, th- th- in, in April, when was it April or May? When yeah. Did you do it? Yeah. In, uh, in middle of, of May. So it oh. was, uh, it was, it was pretty cold. It was, you yeah, know, that, pretty- that water was snow 24 <laughs> hours earlier. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, I, I thought of, of the 55, uh, attendees, I thought maybe, you know, 20 would come and, and, uh, I think it was more closer to 50 and, uh, and we all got in the Boulder Creek and we stayed in for six minutes or so. And, six uh, minutes. Wow. That's like yeah. some Navy SEAL shit, right, Chris? I mean, well, it was, uh, Are, yeah. Do you, do you not care about hypothermia? There's this thing called hypothermia out there. I don't know if Ned, is, <laughs> Ned can help you with hypothermia. If it does with that as well, <laughs> tell me the product I can take for hypothermia, man. I'll be, I'll be all on it. Wow. That's impressive, well, man. Actually, it was, it was something we all got. It was a, a tool we all have, which is our breath. And, uh, we used our breath work Wim Hof style to, uh, to calm our nervous system, stop the shivering, and uh and it was just awesome and so what what would i like to do i'd like to to get more people outdoors i'd like to i'd like to do so all over the world i'd like to go down to patagonia's top of my list alaska is the wow. second place mongolia um i've just gotten into adventure motorcycle riding and, and nice. man I've, I've got uh nice. a lot of a lot of places i want to go i'm a big fly fisherman a lot of fish I got to catch and uh, a lot of want to get into surfing. You know, I, I got a lot of, uh, a lot of passions, but my biggest passion is right here at the Ned quarters. And I love what I do. It is totally a passion. What I was doing before Ned was not a passion. I was selling hotel furniture and uh, I was very, very good at it. I was at the top of my game 
and uh, it was just a soul-sucking existence. <laughs> that, that's a good question for you then, I mean, because I think a lot of people are at jobs that they, they don't want to be at. And, and I'm wondering, yeah, for you, if someone is in that state where they want to they wanna explore their passion, they want to make their passion, their career, uh, you've done it. What, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so easy to say, yeah, just follow your passion, right? Like as if that will cure everything. Uh, it does cure a lot. And there are days that, you know, you get through cause you know, if you love something, you'll do anything for it. Like yeah. you'll do anything for who or what you love. And, uh, yeah. and I love this. So I'm willing to suck up a lot, but it's, Still a lot to suck up. It's not like you follow your passion and you're, uh, you know, it's just every day is is fly fishing or every day is surfing. You know, you you gotta you gotta work with the accountant. You gotta you know do the things you don't want to do. And um, but it does help when you love something. So you're kind of like already ahead of of the pack when it's something that you do have passion for. That's the, the passion you have. And that's, that's a good statement. And that's what honestly a lot of us veterans have issues when we get out is because mm-hmm. that direction and passion that we had, it's, it's, we don't have that anymore for until we find whatever that passion is next. But sometimes we don't ever find it. And that's sad to say, um, but it's the truth. But to be, to be honest with you with, with products, this does help. And I'm telling veterans out there, guys, and, and but you're spot on. It doesn't help right away. I didn't even notice it until three months down the line where my wife said, hey, you're not an endurance ass anymore. You're actually leveling <laughs> out. Man. You're, and I didn't even, I literally didn't even notice it. And that's why I try to tell guys when you're on it, you're not you may not even notice till somebody says something to you. And then you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, you're right. I, I am leveled out. Yeah. But, what that let me do and helped me do is it allowed me to refine a passion in something else is because I yeah. wasn't angry all the time. And, mm-hmm. and that is kudos to you guys for that. And kudos to you guys for, for making a great product and having the ethics and being totally transparent with the THC, which is important because a lot of our veterans also go work in government service and they're sorry, we can't take it, but at least they know. So, um, yep. but I, I, I'm, I'm amazed at, at you and what you've done. And, and I can't believe I, how are you guys still in Boulder with costs so high? On I mean, I still say pay attention. Are you going to stay in Boulder or can you afford? I, I know Ned's doing really well, but so are the costs of things. Or are you guys, you guys aren't moving from Payonia. At least the farm's staying there, right? Are you thinking about? Oh, yeah. Out of no, no, we, we wouldn't. Uh, we wouldn't turn our backs on Jonathan. He uh, He's a Good. huge part of our company. Good. And and uh, we actually pay him far <laughs> more than, than what we, than the market rate. So we basically take, the market high for the year, uh, the absolute high, and then we double it, and then we think about how much more else, how much else he needs. Um, because two years ago, after everybody and their mother grew hemp, three years ago, yeah, uh, there was a massive glut of hemp, and prices plummeted, and uh, you know they were one sixth of what they had been. And if we were to have paid Jonathan just the high of the market he would have made $42,000 for all of his efforts over the entire year. And that's including his costs. So we paid significantly more than that. Uh, We paid about four times that. And, um, and that allowed him to continue to do what he does and and to continue to build the, the beautiful straw bill house that he's building 
on his farm for his family. And Wait, you, you, straw? Did you say straw bale? He's building a straw yeah. bale house. At no, I, I got to see a picture of that. It's man. spectacular. It is spectacular. <laughs> I mean, these are you know, picture straw bales. You know, they're what two and a half feet yep. thick. Yeah, that's how yeah, thick his walls are. Play, oh, I used to play on those things when I was growing up in Delta. We had straw bale. I, my yeah. my mom would always be freaking out because she thought we were always we'd build little forts and little things inside them because there's straw bales everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and my and my abuelo, my grandma, and my abuela, yeah, my abuelo, my grandfather, my abuela, my grandmother, and my mom, they're like, you guys need to quit doing that because they were always afraid that it was going to collapse on us. But those were the yeah. coolest things to play. I, I got to see a picture of that. That's yeah, so, amazing. Yeah, you know, wow. he basically stacks the, the straw bales and then adobes them. And adobes so, them. you know, it's uh, it's as, as insulated as it gets. And it's a beautiful, big place. And He's done it all himself with his neighbors and his wife, Liz. And, um, you know, it's just this, they're just special people. So, um, so no, we're going to keep paying them way, way above market price. Um, you know, that's just non-negotiable for us. Um, and yeah, you know, it's, it's getting tough, um, but we're just getting smarter and smarter. We're finding ways of, of, of uh, doing things cheaper and still keeping everything here in Colorado. Awesome. I, I appreciate that. And that was, I'm sorry I put you on the spot there. Hopefully with Jonathan, no. I, was like, I hope I didn't. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I, why did I say that? Now he's going to say he's just fired Jonathan. And we're, oh my God, what did I just do? I don't know. Not <laughs> at all. Because I, 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 that, that means a lot to me with my tie to Colorado and, and my tie to my grandfather's farm out there in the Western Slope. I, I, it does. I, I, know, I know how good that is out there. And I know the people out there. I grew up with them. And, you know, my grandfather was a picker. I, I know the, the difficulty of pickers out there. He grew up and then he got, but I also know they worked their tail off because he went from picker to owning his own farm. I mean, that was mm. amazing. Oh, wow. And, and, yeah. Is this the, he, my, 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 there's a reason why I did what I did and I didn't quit and I kept going over. I, I learned that from yeah. him and my grandfather, grandmother and also my mom. Um, but yeah. uh, brother, you, you're awesome, man. I, I tell you what, and, and uh, you know, having you on, I got to have you on again. I, I know me and Ian want you on again. We uh, we won't we'll, we'll work around your schedule because I know you're a busy man. But you know, just having you on and, and your motivation, you never quit. I, I'm glad, honest to be honest with you. I tell guys, I'm glad the ones that didn't serve, even though they felt like they needed to, but they didn't. I always tell you, brother, probably was a bullet with your name on it. So I'm glad you didn't because mm. if you didn't, if you did. I said, and, I, and that's not a bad thing. It's just a saying we have in in the community. I, I say the same thing to Bub's founder, Sean Lake, who's Bub's best friend. I said, guys, because if that would have happened, you wouldn't be making a difference in guys' lives like myself, which you did. Hmm. You made a huge, your product and you, you, you helped me not want to put a bullet in my mouth, man. And I'm being honest with you. And you've also had some things over. So, I want you guys to know that. I want you to know that that I I, I admire that you, you you have some some. I do admire that you wanted to serve. I really do. I think that's admirable. Just having the want to serve. But I'll be kind of selfish. I'm glad you didn't because if you did and you didn't come back, then I I wouldn't be here <laughs> enjoying time with my family. So uh, man, I appreciate it, bro. I really do. And and you guys mean a lot to me and your company. And we will continue to push Ned out there and. We want you guys to be the biggest CBD company in the world because you deserve it and you have the best product out there by far. So, man, I, I know I'm getting off my soapbox. I'm going to start crying. Knock it off. Stop making me cry, guys. Stop making me cry. All right. But I appreciate it. You don't know what that means to me, Chris. Well, really? I, I'm, 
I'm glad I got to say it to you here. And I wanted people to hear, hear it because uh, you, you're awesome, dude. And people need to know that. And your company's awesome. And you keep doing great things. And I can't wait to get the 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 uh, the topical, the analgesic. I can't wait to get the rub, man. I, I can't wait to try it. Uh, um, I just ran four miles today and I'm 51 years old and I'm getting, I, actually, I'm not sore. I'm not, but why wait till I get sore? Let's just get the rub on right now so I don't ever have to worry about getting sore. But uh, man, yeah. thank you. And tell everybody at the company too, uh, everybody there, thank you. And um, dude, I, I, I know I, Ian, maybe have a question. I just want to say thank you for coming on, but I don't know if he does, but I know well, I don't. I just want to say thank you for coming on and being an awesome guy. You really are. Well, again, Chris, you don't know what that means to me. Um, truly, I'm, I'm emotional. It, it's, uh, I never thought of it that way. And uh, I know that sometimes I'll have resistance on things, and it turns out that, uh, yeah, that was, that was the right resistance to have um, for one reason or another, but I never thought of it that way. And so I appreciate you, and uh, and I'm going to double down. I'm 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 telling you right now, I'm going to double down uh, everything with I can do. Absolutely, thank you. No, it's awesome, man. Yeah, thank you for doing so much for the community, and and also, you know, I, I mean, just making us both believers in in what cbd is and the healing power and i like i said i was one of those skeptics too you hear about there's so many supplements out there and and i love trying different supplements i really do i was just at the memorial day air show and and there's vendors out there giving out different supplements and there's stuff that i liked there's stuff that, that i don't know much about but i i found something through you guys that that truly made a difference and i think if you go to vitamin shop and you'll see a ton of things out there that I think are yeah. pure placebo. The thing about the, uh, and the thing about the supplement industry, I mean, you can just watch a documentary like bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, yeah. most of, I mean, it's very different than food and drug administration because it's completely unregulated that they, they can put something on the, on the, uh, shelves that is pure placebo. There is no testing that needs to be done. So it's hard for people to do their homework. It's, it's just, it's a tough thing. And, uh, and like I said, so it was great to find something that's fully transparent that you guys have lab reports on that you work with doctors and, uh, that people know is, is just a great product. And, uh, and yeah, we love what you do. And, and it's also, I should throw out there, it's proven by athletes as well. Guys we've had on like Chad Solomon, you know, uh, running and I shouldn't say running because there's a triathlon running, biking, and swimming. (laughs) An Ironman, I mean, that's another level of an endurance athlete. And if he says it works for him, then what I'm doing in terms of working out, I mean, I work out hard, but it's nothing in terms of, of an Ironman. And if it's something he swears by, that's truly good enough for me. Yeah. Well, I love it. Hey, I've got a question for you guys. I don't know if we've got the time, but I've got a oh, question yeah. for you. Yeah. Um, you know, five minutes or so ago <laughs> five minutes or so ago we 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 were talking about passion and and it occurred to me while we were talking you know veterans are some of the most passionate people there are and the reason for serving comes i got to imagine uh in large part from passion love love of the country yeah. love of brotherhood etc so it's not like and then you said chris you know, what do you do after that? So it's not like that passion goes away. It just disappears. No. You know, how do you, um, what's the best, you know, I know there's like, um, you know, some great 
organizations, uh, Rincon and, uh, yeah. or, you know, what are the, what are some of the ways that veterans are, are, ex, you know, extending that passion beyond their, their service? Well, it, it, it's, the passion is always there. What we have to realize, and it takes a little while for us to figure that out. And some guys, they never do. I, sad to say, I, I've, I've had, I've had a lot of buddies. I won't give the number out. Well, I do. And I, I, that have committed suicide, either legitimately committed suicide or drove their motorcycle 120 miles an hour and hit the side of another yeah. car. They, they did, they did, they did that. I know why they did it. Um, yeah. It's that we, we need to, when we leave, when we finally leave the service, whether it's to our own accord, because we got out because we wanted to, because we ETS, because families and stuff, or we got out and it wasn't our own accord. I have a buddy, Rob Jabber, who we had on, who was a contractor that got blown up in Iraq. And he, he's, he has a hard time with it because he didn't, it, he wasn't ready, but he had to get out because of his severe injuries. So he had to leave. So he wasn't on his own terms, but what I found the ones that are successful and continue on is that they find something that they're able to close that chapter. Even, even myself, I'm able to look back and go, okay, I, I that was, I was cool. I did some cool things back there for many, hmm. many years, but I'm able to, to close it and say, that was great. Now the next chapter, what is it? And the ones that can find that sense of direction through the help of groups like yourself, which they go out on retreats and they just talking to people. Sometimes that helps because then they realize there's other things out there that can make them happy. Or my, like myself, I just looked, looked at the mirror one day and said, when I was going through those hard times and I said, I, I can't live like this the rest of my life. What do I need to do? And I don't know. I, you know, I'm very spiritual. I'm very religious. I, I, I I'm, even though I talk, I have a terrible mouth. I still am a very big believer in God. And I'm not, as a Christian, I never push God. On, good Christians are never going to say, you have to believe in God. I'm just going to say, believe in something. There's something out there. I know there is. Um, but I do believe my, my faith came in and said, you know what? You haven't been a father. You've been gone for so long. You have not been a father, or a husband to your kids for 18 years. That is where your passion needs to be. And that's what happened. It really did. That's mm. I reconciled with my wife that I divorced from with that mother, my, mother of our children. We got remarried and I became a father and I couldn't have been happier. I, I when I'm home, when I'm not out, I do some public speaking from time to time. I do some teaching from time to time as far as farms. But when I'm home, the kids I'm driving the kids to school. I'm the only dad that walks their kids into school because I want to walk my kindergartner into his first class. I, I do. That is my passion now. That is my passion is to be the best father and husband I can be. Um, granted, again, I'm a, I'm a runner. That doesn't, that helps. Uh, being outside yeah. and running yeah. definitely helps. I do work out a lot. Um, that helps. Getting all my injuries under control has helped immensely because I can go do those other things. And I can go play with my kids without feeling pain, which is another thing. So, so again, thank you. Thank you for that. That's another huge, <laughs> huge kudos to you guys. But we all have to find that passion of what it needs to be next. And through that, the only way we're able to do it is either you have an epiphany like I did when I got humbled because I was such I was just screwed up and I just couldn't. I prayed. and I said, hey, I need I need you to tell me what to do. Help me. Help me, God. Or we go to groups like your like yours and we meet people. And we just find there's other things out there that we can do. Or you make that connection. It can even be as, and I've seen guys do this, where they've made a connection with a CEO and a veteran and like, hey, you want to come work for us? And 
it's it's magic. I mean, it, it is. It, it it's. I don't want to say it's rare, but you know, of course that that is the that is the golden ticket. That's the Willy Wonka golden ticket that everything works out correctly. Or like myself, or my family, I was able to. That's what I wanted to do. But I tell veterans out there, find groups like yourself. That's what I was asking. Find those groups where they're doing those things. Go to them. Talk to them. You have to talk to people. You have to. I, you can't keep it bottled in. And you never know. You may meet that person there that either has a job for you, is doing something you might be interested in, or is having a wonderful life with their family and they love being a father. And you're seeing that joy and you're like, oh, man, all right, I got to I got to go fix. Excuse my language. I got to go fix my shit get back with my wife and figure out and be a father and a husband. And, and, but the only ways to do that is to talk and get out and, and see, meet people like yourself and, and go to the groups like Vogue or go to the horses for soldiers, you know, go on those cattle rides. Some of my Rangers do the cattle. Oh yeah. They, they go on the, I was, like, well, was going to horses, horses for heroes.org. Yeah, horses, yes. I believe Rick. Yeah. Anucci, and, he was a former, uh, former green beret yeah, who runs that. I knew. Yeah, I love that. Group. I, you know, I've, I have a ranger buddy that does cattle cattle drives like city selectors and they go and do that cool. or, 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 you know, coming, I, even, I know, um, you know, we do make sure, you know, some of the guys do like farms. I, I mean, I, mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I, you know, I, I love what Chris Kyle was doing, you know, I, at the time I, I, there is some danger to that. There is, there's no doubt about it because of, you know, of things we've done with farms, but there also is an, a huge family network there as well. Mm -hmm. And I've, Sometimes bringing them out and just being out again, being outdoors, yeah, that helps. That helps. So, um, but I, I, it's so many different things. Um, but having groups like those out there where there are options, it at least gives the veteran an option. At least gives that veteran the, the ability to go and find out and find that purpose again. Because yeah, when we do serve, and I know I'm going long, guys. I'm I'm on my soapbox here. I, we are we are actually. Rhett is the interviewer. I I mean the interviewee. I'm the interviewer here. I'm talking. <laughs> well, this is my question um, for you. I love it. This but, is um, important. Brother, this is as important it, as it gets. I, I appreciate that, man. Um, but you know, when we first go in the service, we think we have an idea what we want, whether it's infantry, whether it's special operations. But to be honest with you, we really it that changes continually until we get to the spot that we feel that we fit to work that round. So even going in the service, we're still trying to figure out really what we want. Yeah. I had a ranger contract. I thought I wanted to be a ranger. Eventually when I got there, I realized that was right. But there are some guys that don't, they have a ranger contract and like, Whoa, wait a second, this wasn't for me. And they go a different route and that route works for them. It's the same. When we get out, but we seem to forget that <laughs> we're mm. like, Oh no, we still got to continue to press on. The army forces us to press on. We don't have a choice. We got to get up in the morning and press on and figure it out. When we get to be civilians, we don't have that press anymore. So yeah. as a veteran and trying to be a mentor and an advocate for veterans, uh, anti-suicide and against veteran suicide. Um, I have to tell those guys, get off your ass and go tough love, go figure it out. I'm not going to coddle you. Get out there. Get with those groups. Go talk to somebody. Go talk to not just a buddy. Maybe even go talk to a counselor. But go go get out there and find that passion again because it ain't going to come find you. And um, mm. we're not, I've been down those deep slopes, so I understand that. So that that's that's my advice to all you veterans out there. But also, as for 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 groups like you to continue to help, just make sure it's available and people know about it. I think that's the biggest thing with veterans is we just don't know. We don't know really that's everything that's out. There. Yeah, and, and that to me feels like a failing. Um, 
that 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 energy that passion doesn't get immediately transferred to the next thing you know and it's like god damn if we could just just you know you go from one thing to the next yeah. and and you've still got that fire and there's none of this um i just wish that there was a, a a much easier transition for people where they didn't have to count on the golden ticket of of some somebody offering them a job and you know it was like it was just a a, a easy transition that was facilitated and I, you know, I, I, I wish, think it's also, I there I, was. yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's also individual. I mean, there's guys who just have the drive to do something huge when they get out. And there's other guys who are never going to have the drive if, if we're being honest. Right. I mean, what, when you mentioned before Rob Jabber, he's probably a perfect example. I know he's not a veteran, but he was a contractor. And it, it, according to you, Chris, and according to the interview, right when he got out, he was like, all right, I'm going to start this limo company. And he wanted to be the best limo company. And that became his new passion. Or even when uh, I was at SHOT Show and I got to interview uh, Andy Stumpf real quickly, I kind of joked around about this on the podcast, but it was funny when I introduced him, I said, you know, I'm here with, for, with uh, I said, I'm here with Navy SEAL Andy Stumpf. And he said, first of all, I'm not a Navy SEAL. And it made me think, am I getting this guy's bio wrong? Like I felt like an asshole. And then he was like, I'm a former Navy SEAL and there's a difference. And I, and I know Chris and I have said, what the fuck's the difference? Like, like it's kind of ridiculous. But I think his point was to say, and he made it clear to me, and I, I don't think it was done in a way to be disrespectful. It was like, that was a great portion of my life, but that's no longer what I'm that's, doing. Yeah. Now I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing all different types of stuff. And that's my passion now. He's like, it was a part of my life, but I'm not interested in reliving my years as a Navy SEAL. And I think that's how it has to be. For everybody i think i think even just as civilians people relive their glory years and i, I remember i recently heard it may have been on cavino and rich that uh our friends cavino and rich that guys dress like the last year they were cool or like the last year they were <laughs> successful and they're they're like stuck in the 80s or 90s and i think it happens to everybody and i think it's hard for for everybody civilian or veteran sometimes to evolve and say okay what's the what's the next thing let me stop reliving when I did this in the nineties or I, I do the same thing. I'm, I'm guilty of the same thing. Of course, I think we all are sometimes. And, and I, I try not to get stuck in that. Uh, I mean, I'm only 35, but like in that old guy trap of like, and, and we all do of like music was so much better than and movies are so much better than and everything was so much better than. And I think at some point you got to evolve, like things are going to change and you got to find new things that interest you and new things that have a, that you have a passion for. And, and that's the truth. And, and for for you, Red, on your company side in Vogue, I think just as a direct way, if you're able to do it, you know, you've got Fort Carson there. Um, mm -hmm. You've got a good Colorado arm. Actually, I was with 19th when when Charlie Company, uh, 5th Town, 19th Special Forces Group was up in Fort Collins. That was where I was stationed mm -hmm. mainly at for. But you have a great Colorado Army National Guard right outside. Whenever there is uh, transitioning out, they, they used to call it ETA. Yes, which was which was transitioning. You're, you're ending your time in service is what it was. You know, they would have job fairs kind of, but they really weren't done well. I mean, just having mm. Vogue Vogue at some of these. So that's when guys know it's like with us guys, we have to see it. It's like, I, that may be something I'm interested in. And I, I know that's expensive and I, and I don't know the, all the logistics for it. But again, guys like myself, if we're moving out, we need to see it. We got to yeah. see that it's there. If we don't see it, we don't know. And there's a lot of times where we're just like, I don't want to go surf on the internet. I don't want to go. I I don't want to do that. I don't want to try to look for something. 
And it really does have to find you, just like the Army. The Army found me. I didn't find the Army. I had a recruiter that saw me out of the middle of nowhere during my bachelor's degree days at Mesa State College and said, hey, do you want to go be a Army Rangers? Like, yeah, sure. Sounds cool. Um, <laughs> but it's the same thing. You know, it's got to find you, just like contracting found me. I didn't find it. I, I got medically discharged because of my ulcerative colitis after eight years. And I got a call on the phone from Blackwater and Triple Canopy in 2003 saying, hey, do you want to go be a contractor? I even know what a contractor was. So the opportunities came. So I would say just make sure you're visible and we'll do everything that we can to make sure that you are visible and also, you know, continue to do good with Ned and, and continue to support the veteran community. Why, you know, you don't have to be a bro vet. In fact, I don't want a bro vet <laughs> CBD company. I want a company that has ethics and does a great product and on the, and, and honestly has that passion to help veterans, even though they may not be a veteran to me, that's more, that's, that's more that, because, Oh my gosh, you know, I, 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 you, you love veterans because you just love them. I love veterans because I am one and I love them too. I don't get me wrong. I love you guys. I do. Even <laughs> you Marines, I do, but it doesn't, it does mean a lot. So um, yeah, brother, I, that's, that, I, that is a huge long answer, but I wish there was a simple answer. There's, there's not, there's just a, it, it is, it's a huge answer. It's a, and it's always going to be a, a little bit of a problem. I think less so because we don't have, we're not in the wars anymore. So we're not mm. going to have a, more more peacetime right now kind of I mean, but uh, unless, brother, unless guys go over to ukraine i mean that's a whole nother that's a whole nother interview yeah um, but um <laughs> but brother yeah I, I just please keep visible visibility out there and i will do everything i can to keep you guys visible out there because you know you've made a difference because you're looking at one right here so mm. you're going to continue to make a difference and that vogue is huge that's huge fly yeah. fishing that's huge. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love fly fishing. That is so therapeutic yeah. for me. I suck at it. You got to tie my flies if I ever come out because I just still can't <laughs> do it. But um, but stuff like that. So I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I I'm sorry, brother. I hope I hope I didn't like just nope. monopolize this whole thing. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Please. No, again, this is the most important thing. Uh and I, I'm really glad I was able to ask the question and and it's something that's that's you know, Ben, I've been thinking about for, for a number of years now. And it's it's like you've got this great, amazing group of, of passionate people with a ton of amazing skills. And then you just like kick them out the door. You know, it's it's just to me, it's like it's a total missed opportunity. As a by, business. As a business, as a government, as a people, as a society. Imagine if we could take, you know amazing people from the, the armed services and have a great transition for them for something else, you know, um, whether that's, you know, disaster relief or, or construction or, you know, but, but mobilizing and use, utilizing those skills and the leadership and the, 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 everything that comes with serving to do good yeah. for society. Uh, I just see it as a complete missed opportunity. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. Well, guys like yourself that are a lot smarter than me are going to figure out how to do it. I mean, I, I can tell you the problem and I can tell you my experiences, but I, I, I need smart people like yourself that no business, no corporation, know how to lead people in that corporate world to, to figure that out. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I, 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 I can't figure, I can't do the military thing to the guys anymore. I can't force mm -hmm. them to have, a. I can't make them have fun 
forcibly anymore. It's not possible. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's mandatory fun. No, I can't do that. <laughs> so, um, but brother, you, you figuring if you can figure that out and cause you're spot on, then you're spot on your, then brother, that, that is the golden ticket. It, it definitely mm-hmm. is for everybody. Um, my thing, if you do hire veterans, challenge them. That's the one mm-hmm. thing we, we don't, when we get this, we don't really feel a challenge, especially if we've seen combat, we never really feel challenged. Just it, nothing. It's like, eh, all right, I'm late to work. Oh, what? That didn't last. So what? Uh, you know, I'm not getting shot at today. It's still a good day. Still, mm. though, you still have to don't. Still have to, but it has to be done with kid gloves because you're not a drill sergeant. You're, you're not somebody that's been in their face hazing them <laughs> like a ranger team leader. So if you get in their face, all they're going to do is either walk or they're going to give you the finger and then walk. But you still mm-hmm. got to be able to challenge them. And if you can challenge them in the, in the corporate world, all you corporate leaders out there, if you can challenge your veterans, it makes them feel like they're part of something huge. And it makes them feel like they're they're giving back to a corporation. And that is a key there. Um, that's something I, I kind of learned from a lot of my ranger ranger leaders that, that went on to the next level is that mm-hmm. the ability, they, had, they, they had to change their leadership style, but they still challenged their subordinates and they challenged the veterans. And those are the ones that, kept rising up so i don't know that that might help again you're the you're the you're the brains brother when you figure that crack that code man i'll I'll be the first one to put that out there for you and back you got your i got your six on that definitely definitely it's awesome yeah it's well said man so if if you guys want to follow rhett personally it's at i'm ready on on uh, instagram i should say i'm (laughs) i am r-e-t-t-y i'm ready on instagram uh, Ned is just at Ned on all social media. Yeah. Hello, Ned, of course. Uh, hello, Ned.com. And and uh, I didn't write this down. The Vogue website, what's the best place for people to get involved with yeah. that? Yeah, V-O-A-G.org. V-O-A-G.org. I'm writing that down, of course. Yeah. We'll make sure that that's in the description. And uh, yeah, this has been great. It's been a packed show because we had Rob Furlong on earlier to talk about this Canada handgun ban and uh and this two very separate uh topics but I mean two very important things so so thanks so much for, thank for you, finally brother. doing this yeah no, thanks, thank, Rhett. thank you guys big time ah, thank you brother. big time we love working with you guys we love your audience thank you this is I I just and I loved our conversation today I, I, we went deep and I shed a couple tears I did. Uh, yeah, I did too. I, which I didn't expect. <laughs> I'm like, we're just talking about uh, full spectrum hemp today, but we got uh, deep somehow. You just uh, I know. I did. I didn't mean. I sometimes like go down those rabbit holes, no, man, but I, listen, I, I wanted to tell you. Well, thank you. It, that was an epiphany for me, Chris. You know, the idea that, uh, yeah, thank you. That was that was that meant a lot to me. And um, and like I said, I'm going to double down because maybe that bullet didn't find me. And, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot, but we can always do more. And I'm going to keep trying to do more. I appreciate it. We'll keep pushing out there. And, of course, I, man, whatever you need from me. And if I can get out to Colorado to come to, if you wouldn't mind having me as a a guest. Absolutely. You don't need to pay for anything. I don't want that. I just like (laughs) if I can come out and just be a fly on the wall or be a guest at one of your events that you have out there one of these days, I'd be honored. Please do. Please do. Please do. Yeah. Thanks for it. Thank you both, gentlemen. Thank you. That's all for this episode of the Battle Line Podcast. But we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk. Until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Battle Line Podcast. 
and on Twitter at BattlelinePod. To sign up for future Battleline tactical courses, go to www.christantoperanto.net. Believe in yourself, face all challenges head on, and as always, never, never quit. quit.